Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Oh, we have so much going on. I can't tell you how exciting this is. Oh, boy. First of all, I'm turning 64 tomorrow, so all the uh, reporters have to call in and sing, Will you still meet me? Will you still greet me when I'm 64? That's the first thing. The second thing is we have our, we're announcing our Citizen Legislation Day. First of its kind in the world, never happened before, and so we should have worldwide coverage without any problem at all. And that will be January 7th at the world-famous Imaging Theater here in beautiful downtown historic Milton, Florida, capital of the universe and we should go from there but first things first let's talk to bill on tonight action radio presents the fecky report Good morning, Action Radio Land. Greg, (laughs) I am ready to get engrossed in another great conversation this morning. Oh, good, because I must be getting old. I forgot to make your line live, so I might have missed your first couple of words. Sorry. (laughs) No, you didn't. I I heard you say unmute before I started talking. (laughs) Okay, good. All right. So so I guess it must unmute before it it shows up on my board. That's fine. Okay, I want to hear it, Bill. You've got to sing a little bit of When I'm 64. Come on, let's hear it. I have no idea. I've never heard what? the song. You're kidding. I've the never Beatles. Heard the when song. I'm 64? God, you're young. Never Jeez, heard it. What am I, gonna do? Oh, I got child reporters. What am I going to do here? All right. <laughs> look it up tonight. You can call in tomorrow. I'll anyway. look it up tonight, and I'll call in tomorrow morning. Okay, cool. And the second thing is Citizen Legislation Day. Uh, we're going to start to talk this up and get all kinds of folks, and uh, this is going to be huge. I just, I just have a feeling. Of course, I always think everything, all our events are going to be massive. But anyway, what do you think? I think it's going to be an interesting event. I think it's something that people definitely will need to come out and witness. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be nice for candidates to come out uh, to see how to write legislation because every, every new person that goes into politics really doesn't have a clue unless they were an aide to a, a current politician. They really don't understand the process. They don't understand how to write a bill. And what ends up happening is because they don't understand the process, they rely on experienced people who are already entrenched, probably guiding them incorrectly and write, and putting stuff in bills that they have no clue are in the bills, but yet they're submitting them under their own name. So this is, so this is very important for anyone who wants to be a candidate. You know what? Uh, I can give you a round of applause for that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add that to the program. Uh, uh, a candidate's legislative writing workshop. We're gonna have a writing workshop anyway. Uh, I've already uh, invited a couple of candidates. Uh, I got a former candidate, you know, and we already have full social media coverage. So the whole thing's gonna be covered uh, on social media. But I want to go after some other folks like C-SPAN and maybe the BBC for our European listeners. So uh, we're gonna be we're gonna get coverage, and uh, let's see how many candidates come out. And you know, I'm talking state level members of Congress. Um, I'm uh, I've, I've got new friends, <laughs> you know, so I'll be looking at uh, Trump folks, uh, getting them out here. So this, you know. 
the potential is is staggering uh, what can happen because it is the first uh, of its kind event. And quite frankly, I just got sick of, of not being invited to other events, <laughs> you know, where we could really do some good. So it's okay, fine. If you're, if you're not going to let me play in your sandbox, I'm going to build my own, which is kind of how we do things around here anyway. So that's that's my last on that. If you don't have a comment, great. I don't want to take away from from your from your regular report, but that's uh, what's happening. And that is a really good suggestion. You know, a candidate's legislative workshop. I really like that. So that's going to go on my. I'm making a master plan. Uh, I got it on my computer now. But uh, thank you. Appreciate it. No problem. That's why I'm here to throw in my little uh, one and a half cents. No, no. You're hey, listen. You got me started on Block Talk. You know, you're you're, <laughs> you're you're your place your place in history is already assured. I can always. Bill's fault. He's the one that told me about it. Okay, fine. <laughs> so, so, I, so I'll have the plaque on the uh, Action Radio Hall of Fame? Yep, absolutely. You, you know, Action Radio awesome. spiritual founder and inspiration. So there you go. Perfect. I need, I need a big so, all sound li- effect. Oh, oh. I'll, work, I'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> so the one thing I want to start off with this morning is kind of a bizarre um, story that I read this week. Uh, it's coming out of Japan. Um, we've talked about it in the past, but it's kind of mm-hmm. gotten really almost creepy. Um, hmm. And so, you know, so for the past, I think, five, ten years, Japanese government's been really worried because the Japanese youth are not getting married and having kids. Um, hmm. So they... They, they have subsidized marriage and kids and have been trying mm-hmm. to pay the youth to have kids and get married. It's not working. I should go to Japan. You know, if they're paying people to have sex and kids, this is, sounds like a good idea. I'm for it. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, but the problem is, is it's not working. Men and women wait, are wait, still wait, not wait. getting okay, wait, together. Wait. Right. This, this is a problem. So, so we're talking about an entire nation of youth that, have, that the government's willing to subsidize you know, uh, I guess marriage goes along with it. So, so the, 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 do they start with marriage and yep. then kids, or is there a plan? Okay, and then and people yeah, are not taking advantage kids. of that. So marriage, well, hundreds. No, they are too. not. Yeah, they're not okay. taking advantage of it. And the pop- because... and right now, the government is predicting that they're going to be short eight hundred thousand kids in order to keep the population growing or sustained. So, uh, a study came out recently about. Why huh. kids are why kids are not getting married and have you know and having kids you know mm-hmm. the youth. What they have decided is that they would rather spend their energy, and time, and all their attention on idols. Whether it idols. be a K like a K-pop band, a lead singer, um, and but the latest thing, and this is the creepy part, is that. People are now getting, you know, the marriage is happening, but it's between a person and an AI. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Married a bot? So they're, they're marrying, yeah, they are marrying, you know, fictitiously, but marrying uh-huh. fi- fictional characters. Oh, this is hysterical. Well, let's, let's, let's analyze this for a bit because I think you're onto something. I mean, the first thing I thought of was, you know, Mrs. Stepford <laughs> came to mind. If this is what you're really looking for, it's not a good idea. Trust me, I've seen the movie. Uh, the original with Catherine Ross, who's just totally hot. Anyway, um, what's, so, so Japan, the first thing I thought of was, was national image. And uh, Japan, 
you know, really suffered after World War II in, in many ways that, because I've never been a big fan of unconditional surrender because it totally destroys a nation. Uh, it's happened to Germany in World War I. Um, but I'm wondering, where, where's the national identity? Where's the national pride? Where's the, the – and it comes down, you know, God, family, and country. Right. So if your emperor is, I don't know if the emperor is still considered, you know, a God, but uh, I don't, I would say probably not. So what's the national entity, identity of Japan? What, what, what makes, the, what drives the youth of Japan? And it's not country and it's not family and it's not God. So, the, so it's almost like it, they, it, it it, sounds this like, is almost uh, biblical. They, they've replaced, well, it, you know, it, it, God, family and country it, with, with graven images. You know, go ahead. Yeah, well, it, 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 it's selfishness. But, you know, remember, Japan's image has been technology. They have been the electronics king all through the 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they they were the most technically advanced. Um, yeah, Japan Incorporated. Yeah, but they they, they, came they from basically Japan. but they took all that stuff from us. I mean, Jesse Jackson was famous for saying that uh, you know we Americans invented the uh, I guess the video cassette recorder when he were talked about this years and years ago, and Japan you know copied it, reverse engineered it, and built a bunch of their own, and then sold them all to us. So Jesse was fond of saying that, you know, we, we invented it, but we don't make any of them because we, we want to sell all we, – we sell out our country, you know, for low-wage uh, low stuff in foreign countries. Japan built stuff, but they don't necessarily invent it. So Japan is, is not a country that prides itself on individual uh, action. Uh, so, but it's interesting the technology, it, it's almost – but it's copied technology. It's not – it's already approved technology, you know, somewhere else. So I wonder if that ties into the psychology at all. Well, you know, and then you got, you know, because of the technology and mm-hmm. the way that they, and they've always idolized, you know, I mean, here in America, you know, we have the Taylor Swift thing going on, you know, in the past it's been the Beatles, um, mm-hmm. you know, but now we, but in Japan, every single band, I remember back in the late 80s, early 90s, every single rock band that would go over to Japan would sell out, and there'd be a long line from Tokyo to Nagasaki, you know, trying to get into a concert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like it, all it, the it, albums that are titled Made in Japan, you know, Deep Purple, uh, Cheap yep. Trip, uh, they all have their Made in Japan album, and they're all multi-platinum. Huge. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's very true. So, again, I think, well, tell me what you think of this, you know, God, Family, and Country. That's what drives, you know, American first, you know, and, and we're not talking the leftists, we're not talking all the, all the, you know, the folks that have whatever, they're, the, the foreign nationals that are invading our country, but your basic American is driven by God, family, and country. And we, that, those are, but not in an idol way, but, I think, but in Japan, it seems like they've replaced God, family, and country with idols. As yeah. you're saying, graven, and, graven images. That's, that's really interesting. It is, and you know you and you know they've interviewed a bunch of kids, and they said or kids, you know, when I say kids, you know, I guess I'm starting to show my age now, but basically between 18 to 35 years old. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that, that's. You think 35 that, is a kid? Yeah, they definitely. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I, I might so, kind of a 28. Uh, if you're under 28, okay. 28 is the age I felt like I knew what I was doing as an adult. So 28 is kind of like my cutoff. If you're below that, you're still gotcha. a kid. <laughs> so yeah, that, that that was the study. The study was uh-huh. done between that age group, and there was uh-huh. a thirty-two-year-old who said, "I spent all my money on KTS. Is that the name? It, it's a K-pop, very popular K, K-pop band, and he spends every single penny on buying stuff that the lead singer of that band comes out with, and that's his thing. He idolizes that singer." Uh, no, they didn't yeah, say what, that's the key word. 
Yeah. Yeah. It is. So and, and when you don't, when you have a country that doesn't have God, then mm-hmm. you do look for something to idolize. It's just human See nature to want, you know, I mean, there's a difference between role models, mm-hmm. um, idols, and then idolizing, um, if that oh, makes any total. sense. But, but this yeah. is, this is a Wendy question, um, you know, and I'm going to ask her in, in the next half hour. This is fascinating because uh, I think there's a lot to this. hope she's listening. But if not, you know, because everybody does their thing. Um, but this makes a whole lot of sense. Now, how about the, uh, um, the toxic masculinity syndrome of the left that wants to take all men and make them women? Uh, you look at Japan's culture. It's a warlord culture. You go back to the samurai and the Bushido code, and it's a very male-oriented, strong, disciplined, ordered, regimented, you know, country. And that's what and that's what they turned from. Uh, remember, it was the uh, the movie, the the Michael Crichton novel, um, with uh, and then they made a movie with Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes um, about a murder mystery. Oh, like that, that, you know. that was a great movie. Yeah. It was a great movie, um, Kashimoto Tower or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, yep. but, but the thing was, the whole theme was business is war. So, you know, war yep. is war and business is war. But that was that was very much when Japan was a male, you know, oriented dominated and may still be culture. So where are the guys? Have they have they, you know, I guess, you know, castrated their men? Are are young Japanese men raised in the Bushido, you know, business is war, be, be you know, be strong tradition that Japan had for thousands of years? Or is that well, gone? I think the I think the age of the internet has really changed a lot. Um, and and hmm. what I, I mean, obviously it has, but what I'm saying is, especially like uh, in third world countries or like Japan, where, you know, they don't get a lot to begin with. You know, they live in closets. Depends on their world. Uh, depends, depends first world incredibly. Well, I, I know it's not. I, I'm, I'm clumping them together for, uh, for oh, a okay. purpose of what I'm about to say here. Um, mm-hmm. And it's even in, you know, the poorer parts of America, if you look at, uh, the ghettos of America, you know, um, you know, kids are idolizing heroes because they made it out of the ghetto and they were able to be successful. And yeah, that's mm-hmm. great that you that you want to try to be like that person, uh, but you you get to that point of obsession and you get a, a mental block and tunnel vision, thinking that's the only way out. Um, and so that's what I think is happening with Japan right now is with the internet is that they see all the influencers, they see, you know, people who were like that, who are like them, who are now becoming popular, you know, the Asian uh, K-pop, which is Korean, it's not Japan, but it's Korean, Mm -hmm. Uh, but Hmm. you're seeing how uh, big it has become worldwide. K-pop is the new, is the fad right now, worldwide in America. uh, I mean, I've heard it, but I'm not really familiar. It's it's Korean, it's basically Korean boy bands. I mean, that's the easiest Ugh. way to say it. Boy bands? How, how old are these boy bands? Boy bands. <laughs> are they like yeah, uh, I mean, British well, boy bands? Yeah, I mean, they're in their 20s. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, they're in their 20s. Like, yeah. Are these like glam band things? You know, I remember that. Like, uh, yeah, NSYNC. Yeah, like NSYNC. Um, I forgot all the boy bands. But it's it's the same thing as what we the went through back Dolls. in the 90s. <laughs> you remember them with David Johansson? Then he became Buster Poindexter. You know, the, the, well, it was interesting back in the eighties, you know, men dressed in spandex and long hair and, and makeup, but we all thought it was a joke. Yeah. Nowadays it's, it's a civil rights group. <laughs> you know, things have changed. Well, you know, I, and I thought, I saw someone dressed the other day and I looked at her the way she was dressed, purple lipstick, um, like only like uh, fishnet stockings that only came up to the knee from the foot to the knee, uh, wearing socks. like these, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but they're, they're, they look like fishnet stockings is what they look oh, like. Oh, okay. Uh, Fantasize away, Bill. Yeah, Go and, ahead. Uh, <laughs> and, and anyway, she looked like she was heading to a Halloween uh, party is what she looked mm-hmm. like she was doing. It was huh. a two, but it was a two, it was a Tuesday night or Monday night. It was Monday night, so I'm like, well, there's Halloween parties this early. So then I started thinking, you know, I remember back in the '80s we used to dress up and color our hair as a punk rocker for Halloween, but now it's like an everyday lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. I never used to dress up for Halloween uh, in, in San Francisco because everybody was dressed up, you know, all the all the time. Right, there really wasn't much point, you know, and so yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. The people that don't dress up for Halloween are the ones that are that stand out, or you know. But yeah, yeah, it used to be some some pretty crazy times there. But uh, huh, yeah, I just I've never been a big costume person. It's kind of weird because I've worn too many uh, weird outfits for work, especially during my singing telegram right. days. <laughs> that was another story. So, but, so, yeah, so go back. So, so finishing up Japan real quickly here. Uh, so we're gonna <laughs> finish up Japan. Um, they. Yeah, you know, they have a serious problem on their hands, and you know mm-hmm. when you got a. You know, a very, and I think this is just kind of a uh, more of a rubber band effect right now, where for so many years, or a pendulum, I'll say, a pendulum, it got pulled so far one direction for so many years that now it's just swinging the opposite direction. We see it in America every day, but our pendulum Mm -hmm. kind of swings back and forth um, every four years, um, where I think Japan is just is a very slow moving pendulum and now it's swinging the opposite direction. Um, eventually I think that you will see it kind of, you know, settle down in the middle somewhere. Um, but right now they're kind of just going through, they're going through a thing right now. And, you know, even here in America, um, you know, kids are not having babies as, uh, or, you know, the youth is not having babies the way that they used to either, uh, mostly because of recession uh, depressions and stuff well, like that too. is one of the main reasons. You know, I mean, what's the abortion rate in Japan? I did not look at that. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge cause, you know, and we talk about the great replacement in this country, which uh, the left tries to say is that, you know, white people don't want to be around other people of different colors, which is a bunch of nonsense. Um, but uh, the real great replacement is Americans get abortion and fentanyl and, uh, you know, COVID shots and illegals get money, <laughs> welfare uh, and free everything. You know, and so it's, it's a complete double standard. So the whole idea is to replace Americans who believe in freedom with illegal aliens who become a peasant class. So what's going on in Japan? You know, they don't do immigration. No, I, you know, yeah, so, but, no, they uh, do not. They're very strict. And, but what about you know, their, and, their abortion They don't cater. Rate? Yeah. Yeah, I, I did not look at that. That was one thing that wasn't in this report. Um, I was just – See, I that would that'd be counter. If they could, yeah, if they could lower that, I mean, I, that I, would I just tremendously help. I, yeah. Well, I just basically got creeped out once I started uh, reading about the fact that they're marrying fictional characters. Uh, I just yeah. figured, you know, yeah. That's weird. Well, that that's a whole topic we should talk about sometime because I'd, I'd be very curious as to what's going to happen in this country. Because as these things get, you know, I mean, it's one thing, you know, from, from Blow Up Dolls, which I saw in a Clint Eastwood film, to, uh, you know, robots, you know, people marrying their robots, to actually just a computer, like a holographic image. You know, it's just getting weird. People, they're losing their, their grip on reality. They're losing the substance. They're losing, you know, what's real. As, it, what was that, remember the movie Demolition Man? Oh, I love that movie. We, we talk about that all the time, the three seashells. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's one part where uh, Sandra Bullock and, and Sylvester Stallone, you know, are about to have sex. And how they yeah. do it in the future, <laughs> it's all done in your brain. It's like a brain thing, right? 
It's all artificial. Yeah. There's no, and he's like, what about the, and he goes through this whole string of, of, of slang words for sex, which is hysterical. Said, what about that? That's how we used to do it back in the 80s. I was like, yeah, let's, I'm all for that too. You know, and all those guys, you know, but it was really funny, but that's, that's kind of where they're going. Oh, I can't have sex anymore. You have to have well, it in your it brain. Is. You have to have and, a device. You know, a machine is better is than reality. Also, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, you know, and, you know, and I, and I want to bring up Tim Scott for a second. And I, I think sure. Tim Scott is a great example of kind of what's happening maybe in Japan right now is that Tim Scott's never been married. The reason why he claims he's never been married, you know, he's been engaged before, is that mm-hmm. he watched, he had a very toxic uh, childhood where the father mm-hmm. was alcoholic, beating up his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was just a very bad situation. It kind of left him scarred a little mm-hmm. bit towards relationships. Um, as we know in Japan, as you brought up, the male has always been the very dominant um, force. Well, except um, in the home, women control the money in the home mm-hmm. culturally. The men control the work and everything else. So there's a definite division right. of labor. Um, but it's still a male-dominated society pretty much. It is. And, you know, and, and the males, you know, it's very common for them to go in Japan to go out together after work, drink, um, you know, have girls around them. See their mistresses. Um, it's still kind of, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's still kind of like the 1920s, 1930s here in, in America, the way it was. And, you know, really up to the 1950s. Um, yeah. You know, that's kind of how they still are over there. So they're, and then now, like I said, and going back to the Internet thing, it kind of all ties together. So now you got the okay. Internet where kids are seeing um, how toxic it could be, the you know, how it is. And they may just be turned off from relationships because they see what's happening in their household or they know their dad is not faithful. Um, right. You know, and then they see mom hurting and it just kind of turns them off. So it's so a lot easier. Self-gratification um, is so much easier and, and less mental strain. Um, you know, if you're marrying an AI who's going to say yes and agree with you and have the same likes as you instead of going out <laughs> trying to, play yes, the they're... dating game and trying to yeah, find with somebody. a real person. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. How about uh, video games? Did they do a study, uh, especially for, for young men, how much time they're spending with video games? No, that wasn't, but it was kind of tied together with this whole fictional character thing because they're marrying fictional characters in video games from, oh, from wow. their video games. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah uh, are Japanese government officials actually granting a marriage license for this kind of nonsense? I mean, is this official or is this just unofficial? This is what they're saying. I they're think doing. it's an unofficial. Yeah, I think it's one of those unofficial things. Um, right. They they weren't. Yeah, you know, they were using the word marriage, but they weren't really saying that they are legally married. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I think it's just one of those in their own you know fantasy world, kind of like here where where, um, you know, the man's uh, pretending to be a woman type of thing. You know, these over there, they're pretending to be married. Interesting. Okay. Um, so who who's the core of, of, like, in this country we have, you know, evangelical Christians, or, uh, you know, who are a real solid core of, of a religious base. What do they have in Japan? Because they're, they're either Buddhist or Shinto. I think mostly Buddhist at well, this she- point. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, and, um, you know, our, you know um, our friend Kohei, uh, who is part of... Um, yeah, I haven't heard from him um, for for a while. Let's get him on the show. He'd be a great one to talk about this. Are you yeah, still he's over. Um, he's you know he's yeah. Actually, I talked to him not that long ago. He's he's back in Japan waiting for his uh, visa, and he's going to start being a reporter in Russia. So that should oh, be very. He's got, interesting. he's got to talk to us. That'd be great. Japanese reporter in Russia talking to the United States. I love it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, but yeah, right okay. now he's back in Japan. I'm going to reach out to him about this story. 
I, tr- yeah. I did reach out to him, but he didn't get back to me in time um, for me to put together anything. So um, I'll have to do a follow-up on this story uh, once I talk to him about it. And, you know, once again, studies. They're studies. Um, you know, they didn't say how big of a group it was. They didn't, they didn't say, does this take up the majority of uh-huh. Japan? Just like the studies here where they keep saying, there's more gay people every day. No, there isn't more gay people no, no, any day. It's pretty standard, actually. There's, there's just like, one, two percent yeah. of the population. Get over it, folks. <laughs> you know, exactly. It's, it's not a, it's it not a majority. Changed. It's not even close. Yeah, it's a very small minority. Yeah. yeah. Unless it you're is. in the Castro or certain parts of New York or, you know, <laughs> certain big cities, you know. But other than that, no, it's definitely a minority. Well, some for Kohai, too. If he can post uh, any stories he wants or if you can ask him, we have the International News Group. And this is where I want to get reporters from around the world just to post stuff. Uh, it would be great for him to do that. We've got Barry Shaw in Israel um, posting updates constantly about what's going on in Israel. And so this is a great way for folks who don't have the time or the time zone, you know, to call in or report, you know, with us to just simply send a story, send us their podcast, send us their the reports they're doing anyway. It wouldn't take long, and we'd have the benefit of that, and we could go over that on the show. Correct. Yeah, I'll reach out. I'm going to reach out to him again. Um, I've read okay. this story. I, um, right now it's currently open enrollment for Medicare Advantage, so my wife and I have been extremely busy um, mm. until December 7th. Um, you know, it's, it's just a very well, busy Pearl time day? for us. Signing. You take Pearl Harbor Day off or something or what? <laughs> no, that's, that's, oh, that's the what... end of open enrollment is oh, the okay. last day to enroll for a Medicare Advantage plan. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, I got my license this year, so I'm, I'm helping her write policies on top of my usual duties of running a pediatric clinic so and huh. a medical billing company. So uh, we stay extremely busy and then also See, I'm to talk for to this. You. I'm at Saki because I'm, I'm turning I'm, I'm 64 tomorrow. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll be 65 next year. Exactly. I'm just getting started. I, I have yeah. that, I already have it circled on my calendar for to oh, talk Jesus. to you in July. <laughs> okay. <laughs> ah, start talking like this, Bill. Yep. It's great here. Welcome to Action Radio. Yep. We're gonna have a good time today. This is fun. <laughs> oh, who knows? Okay. Yeah. Well, so, uh, um, like I said, uh, it, it's uh-huh. just it's just a very busy time for us. It usually, you know, because this is the first week. It, it starts October 15th. So the first week, mm-hmm. everyone wants to sign up right away. Then the last week, everyone wants to sign up, and then it kind of gets a lull in the middle. So mm-hmm. you know, hopefully, you know, maybe in hopefully there isn't a lull this year, but maybe around Thanksgiving, I, I might be able to reach out to him and have another conversation with him. Um, because right now I spend just about every single waking moment talking to somebody at some point in time. <laughs> mm. You probably spend your sleeping moments too. You just don't know it. Um, anything on the news that uh, you got? We still got a couple minutes before Wendy gets here. Anything else uh, particularly intriguing? No. Well, I, uh, we probably don't have time to talk about it, but let's talk about it anyways. Uh, last week, as I signed off, I predicted Scalise would be the GOP nominee for speaker. He mm-hmm. did get the nomination. Uh, obviously, it failed. Uh, it looks like Jim Jordan most likely is going to fail. Um, it just seems like there's a big divide right now in the GOP. No, this, um, is, this is a deep state. Yeah. This is a deep state operation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I said before that uh, that the the Republican the the deep state doesn't care if the House is Republican. All they care is that they have a speaker that can control the Republican House. Yes, John Boehner, and Paul so, Ryan, yep. Kevin McDeep State. So who's the next person to control so, the House uh, to make sure they don't do something Republican? That's the person you want to look for right now. Yeah, so uh, Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey's on the Democrat side, has submitted some names to the quote-unquote leadership of the GOP. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, so one of the names that 
keeps popping up is Dunn from Oklahoma. Is it Dunn? Man. I don't know. Some, nobody I've ever heard of. Shoot. Yeah. Um, so he's so this is a Republican that the Democrats find acceptable. So to me, that's an automatic disqualification, but I'm just curious. Correct. What, who, yeah. So they're putting forward – that'd be like putting forward uh, – what's your name from Wyoming? Uh, Lynn Cheney. Cheney. Liz Cheney? Liz Cheney. Okay. Yeah. Someone who hates Trump, hates Republicans, hates everything to do with uh, – hates her own state, so she lives in Washington. Liz Cheney would be someone I would expect Hakeem Jeffries to put forward. I don't know if she's still in the house. Correct. Or what's his, who's that other guy that cries all the time? Hunsinger, Hunsacker, who's that guy? Yeah, yeah the, the guy um, was on the, the, yeah. the January 6th communist infiltration, you know, uh, Kafka committee <laughs> to investigate. You, you know, going back January there for 6th. a second, I, I, I thought that uh, all along that you should have done the citizen legislation on January 6th. I thought that had been more fitting. I know it doesn't fit for the day of the week, but it would have been pretty cool. Too expensive. <laughs> the rate goes up yeah. for Saturday a lot more. <laughs> that's that's the reason. I gotcha. That's okay. probably the biggest reason. Yeah, yeah. We we still budget now. I'll tell you what. Next year, uh, that's actually a really good idea for next year. If we have a working budget and a whole bunch of capital, and uh, you know we've got a lot more of what I want to have for the show. You know, listeners, money, sponsors, things like that. That would be a good idea if we can afford to do it on a Saturday. Absolutely. But the biggest thing right now is to get a big media coverage this year. So anybody you know in Pensacola, anybody, we, like I said, I've already got, I'll talk to you off the air of this, but we've got a friend who's going to be covering the whole thing on social media. But I, need, I want video. I want feeds that people can watch because I think this thing might build throughout the course of the day. And so it may start off slow. But we've got the place for the whole day. Well, yeah. It, uh, well, I'm going to have food trucks. It starts you know, off slow. Uh, you're yeah, doing I'll have food trucks, Sunday. camping gear. <laughs> yeah. Not camping gear, but yeah. anyway, yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, so you're doing it on a Sunday, so it'll be uh, your more uh-huh. afternoon type of crowd after lunch. Uh, I'm not expecting a crowd. Quite honestly, I don't want a crowd. Uh, I think of this more as a teaching event where we can actually talk with, with media and, and politicians. Like you said, do the, the legislative class. I see that I don't want a whole bunch of people milling around. First of all, the place isn't that big. It only, you know, we're only, only holds like 300 maximum. Okay. Uh, that doesn't sound like a lot of people, but, you know, for, for us, for a first event, no, I want coverage. I want media coverage. I want people watching this. I want it podcast. I want to have something that, uh, you know, that people can see over time. We can talk about long after the event's over, say, hey, have you caught, you know, what we did here and there? And I'll probably uh, have an outline for what events take place, have, like I do show notes. So I'll probably do show notes for the video telecast. You know, so when people are watching it, they say, oh, I want to see the, the vaccine panel. So they'll go right to that. Or I want to watch, uh, you, know, uh, you know, I want to see, you know, Greg and Pianchi on the stage. I want to get Pianchi for a panel, just him and me, <laughs> talk about stuff, you know. Um, but, um, which would be hysterical, right? Uh, but all, and I got Wendy here too, so I want to get to her. But uh, but the, the potential is staggering. Yeah, it but be I don't think the crowd's going to do it. I think it'll it. be a very good event. Yeah, it'll be yeah. a very good event. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do have to go earn my dollar for today, so I'm going to let you go. You guys have a good rest of the show, and I'd be interested to hear what Wendy has to think about the whole Japanese situation. Have a good show. Yeah, sounds good. Oh, thank you. And uh, get your singing pipes in shape for tomorrow when I'm 64, okay? You've got to call in and say it. <laughs> Here we go. Do you really want the truth? Do you have questions you can't ask in church? Welcome to the Oh My God Report. Wendy Arthur is more concerned with truth than propaganda, putting more value in scripture than religion, and more about you and your relationship with God than your membership in any church. This is Christianity with a Kick. So let's get those pipes in shape. 
Will you still meet me? Will you still greet me when I'm 64? Hi, Wendy. <laughs> good morning. It's my birthday tomorrow. Happy pre-birthday. <laughs> Happy pre-birthday. That sounds good. Yes, yes. So as I was telling I'm going to start talking like this, you know, when we get the show going. Yeah, cause we could be doing this a while. Yep. And it is your resident convergent. Welcome to Action Radio. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's a voice thing. <laughs> See, the fun thing about okay. doing impressions on the air is that uh, it all becomes visual. All right. So, so you imagine this little curmudgeon behind the microphone, right? And so, or I could do, you know, my, my favorite redneck voice. Damn, we're going to have a good time here. We're going to get the rifle in the pickup truck. We're going to get ourselves a bottle of whiskey and we're going to go out and hunt little uh, critters. It's going to be fun. You've got an image in your head when I do that, right? <laughs> well, yes, because I'm, I'm a visual person. I'm an artist. So, of course, I see things in my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. Yeah, that's that little aspect, too. So let's, let's spend a couple minutes on Citizen Legislation Day. I'm curious your thoughts. Um, Bill yeah. thinks it's going to be great fun, and he's probably going to be helping us out uh, with some stuff. He had a great idea to do a candidate's uh, legislative workshop, so I've included that in here. And he also mentioned something interesting about the declining Japanese birth rate. And my comment was, you know, God, family, and country. You know, they're, they're missing out. They're becoming idol worshipers, which I thought was a perfect question for you. So, Citizen Legislation Day. Isn't this going to be fun? Because you're going to be starting it. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, you know, and, and the the thing where my part comes in with the On oh My God report is, you know, that we have unalienable rights given to us by God that no man can trump. They cannot say you can't have this because God gave that to us. And I don't care who you think you are. You don't, you know, you're not over God. So, and if you really do think that, think that, then, you know, I don't want to be you on judgment day. So um, here's, here's the thing that, that we have the, the guarantee of in our constitution that is being sliced to ribbons right now um, is not a new idea. Um, God uh, set this forth in the book of Acts. Um, well, actually, yeah, from the creation of the world, when he first started everything, we were free to do whatever we wanted because, you know, he gave us free will. And we've had this discussion many times um, on the show. So here's the thing. Um, because free speech is so important that um, you cannot be canceled out unless you allow it. Um, we are allowing them to cancel us. We are allowing them to, to you know, um, censor certain things. Because, <laughs> We're just the um, opposite. So, right. But I'm saying in general, you know, the populace is allowing mm-hmm. this to happen because they think that the government can do whatever they want, and they cannot. Right. So, um, well, they can as long as we allow it. But, you know, you deserve what you tolerate. So here's the thing. It, uh, if you go back to... Um, chapter 3 in the book of Acts, it talks about how Peter and John had healed a man who had been uh, lame since he, he was born. He was born lame. And for 40 years, he sat at Solomon's temple gate and, um, and going to people passing to the synagogue and asked for alms because he had no way of you know, supporting himself. Mm-hmm. So um, Peter and John passed by, and they had passed by this guy a hundred times, right, going to synagogue every every. Saturday. And this particular morning, the Holy Spirit just kind of quickened them to, to stop, you know, and, and he's asking for alms. And they said, silver and gold have we none, but what we do have we'll give to you. Rise up and walk. Hmm. So they healed this guy on the Sabbath. 
Now, if anybody was lame and couldn't walk um, and was begging for 40 years, wouldn't you be thrilled for them no matter what day they got healed on? Yeah. How, as soon as you said yeah. the Sabbath, I thought, wait a minute, I know what's coming. Because <laughs> I've listened to you for a while. So it's just it's like, uh-oh. Yep. So, uh, so, I mean, who cares what day it is? Yeah, did, exactly. What, what did the religious leaders do? And, and, oh, and the, the key word there is, is religious. Okay. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, I I know right now. It's like you could you worked on the Sabbath. How dare you put him back? Cripple that man again. Take it back. Do it another day. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, because it's it's all yes. about the law and keeping you imprisoned, right? So right. you will do as we say, and you can't do anything that we don't say. And mm-hmm. you know the the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees created 613 laws for people hmm. to go by that hmm. Jesus never created. Okay. So, mm-hmm. so if you go to chapter 4 of Acts, um, you see Peter and John being arrested by the Sadducees and the Pharisees mm-hmm. um, because they were the, the temple priests. And back then, they were the government, um, along with uh, whoever was king at the time and you know, the rulers. So I'm going to read this <clears throat> small passage, this short passage from the book of um, Acts in chapter 4 to show you how uh, free speech was under attack from the very beginning. Okay? Mm-hmm. No, no, this is fascinating. So, I'm curious, yeah. Yeah, so here we go um, with verse 1 of chapter 4 of Acts. Now as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they had taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. Talking about those who converted to Christianity after they heard what they were preaching. Mm -hmm. And about the man being healed. So now they're addressing the Sanhedrin. Chapter, I mean, verse 5. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? And they're, they're asking Peter and John this. Yeah, then show Peter, your credentials. filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are you government approved? Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. So are you certified? Are you an Peter, expert? Are you certified to do this? Yeah. Yes. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to, help, done to a helpless man by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders which has become the chief cornerstone, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, this is the reaction of mm-hmm. the, the leaders. So thank Congress, okay? <laughs> no. Well, I'm, that, yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves. 
back room, right? Um, mm-hmm. Saying, what shall we do to these men? For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. Talking about Jesus. So Hmm. they called them, Peter and John, they called them back in and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Can we say censorship? But Peter and John... Thou shalt have no no power before you know the government <laughs> is what it is. It doesn't matter what yeah. you do or how good it is. You know, if anything's going to be right. done, we do it. You know, we're the ones in charge. We will tell. We will say yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's it's beyond censorship. It's it's all the doctors that uh, had cures for COVID that we all knew about when the government wanted to push uh, you know a, a deadly uh, shot instead. You know, you can't talk. They took their licenses away. They said they couldn't talk about it. We're censored on the internet. All that stuff. It's a perfect parallel. Yes. So what is our correct response to that? Starting Action in verse radio. 19. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but, but Peter and John answered and said to them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, you know, the Congress or Sanhedrin had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. So everybody Mm. knew it, in other words. And being let go, they went to their own companions, talking about John and Peter, and Mm -hmm. reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and all the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. So they're saying, we're not going to shut up. We're not going to be quiet. We're going to do whatever you say, God, because you are God and they are not. Again, God-given life cannot be taken from you unless you allow it. Yeah, and this this, uh, obsession with power. I forgot who said all power corrupts, but they're absolutely right. (laughs) You know, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Or I would say even add that thinking you have absolute power is just as bad. You know, it's not money that's a problem. It's the love of money. It's not power that's a problem because, you know, it's, it's, the, it's, the, uh, it's the love of power and the, the need to control other people because you have no power in your own soul or self. Um, this is quite fascinating. Well, and it actually says power. a lot. Of, yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? It, it, it's the abuse of power that's wrong. Yeah. Power itself is a good thing if you're mm-hmm. using it for good. Mm-hmm. But when you abuse it, it becomes evil. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see how much, uh, I hate to put it in terms of power and influence, but in reality, if we're going to change things, we have to be more powerful than the people that are doing bad stuff. We need more voters, more, you know, sharing, more bill links, more, more people being creative and more people just doing really simple things to stop this army of those that are trying to, you know, take away all our God-given rights. 
uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Action Radio came along at this particular time. It's like, it, you know, the more I listen to you and the more I think about this, the more I see how, how the puzzle pieces all fit together. You know, I'm at the perfect age for this. I've got the perfect experience for this. You know, we've got the perfect people around us to do it, you know, and none of us are world famous, you know, and, but that's not how God works. It's really interesting, you know. That's right. Uh, you know, it, it, you asked the question, and I've already answered it, you know, for myself several times, you know, why me? And, of course, God says, why not you? <laughs> you know, I picked you for a reason. Okay, thanks. Well, I'll see what I can do. And, and you just do stuff. And, and you know, like, like Citizen Legislation Day. It's never been done before. And I, I know people all the time that I talk to that are, that are afraid of the unknown. And to me, it's like a challenge. So, so where does that come from? Where does, where does this, you know, complete... Uh, I mean, the simple answer is God, but I think there's probably more to it. But uh, we're pretty fearless around here. We know that uh, we're probably – there's a file on probably all of us as the FBI. And if the FBI is you know, listening like they usually do, why don't you call the show, guys? 215-383-3832. Come on in. You know, it's no big deal. It's just you know, Wendy, me, and God. And uh, away we go. <laughs> you know, but we don't care. We know that people are locked up in, in the gulag in D.C. for no reason. We know that uh, the FBI, you know, goes in and assassinates people like that person uh, in Nevada for, for posting some really stupid things on, on, uh, on social media. And here we are doing what we're supposed to do. And here we are. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing, because to me, free speech is the most uh, important thing along with freedom of religion because they go mm-hmm. hand in hand, mm-hmm. uh, as we saw in the book of Acts. Um, and you, we have an obligation and a duty to obey God's word above anything. And the Constitution was uh, based on principles in, in the word of God. You know, you cannot, all men are created equal. You can't treat one man that, you know, differently than you do another. We all have the same rights. We all have the same God-given rights. And who are you to say you can't speak? And you can only speak what we tell you to speak. You are not mm-hmm. God. So, yeah, no, that's, um, that's really and that's that part gets left off. You are not God. That's the part that's missing. <laughs> you know, when people are criticizing uh, the illegal mandates and and the the you know the Nazi dictates coming out of the CDC and things like that, no one says you know you are not God. You cannot restrict our our free speech. You can't do this, and we're going to do it anyway. You may have the technology on your side yeah. for now, and you may have the force of guns, you know, with the FBI, but this is just temporary. It's not going to last. Well, and, and, and no, and we actually have the force of guns to defend ourselves, but you yeah. have the government trying to take that right away from you. you mm-hmm. Nobody has the right to say you cannot defend yourself. Mm-hmm. Nobody. So, you know, I, I, I'm sorry, but if that goes against God's word, then what you're saying means nothing to me. Yeah. And, and you have to answer to the Lord for that. And I will answer to the Lord for that. I will be acquitted and you will not in the court of heaven. So, yeah, I'll you know, answer for, for, for Action Radio anytime. <laughs> you know, I'll answer for this, yeah. what we do here, anytime. You know, um, got no problem. <laughs> you know, um, what I want to yeah. do, though, is I'm taking notes for, and this is, I, this is one of those unexpected things. Bill had a great idea. You've got a great idea, too. So we need to have a table. We need to have an Oh My God table. I was going to do that anyway, but it would be a great place for, um, you know, teaching how God uh, basically commands us to, to, to keep our free speech. You know, that it is, you know, the, with the right comes a responsibility, you know. So, so it's a, it's a God-given yeah. right of free speech, which means you've got to better, you damn well better speak freely. Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> that's, that's part of our responsibility is if we have a right of free speech, our responsibility is to speak freely. Yeah, and, and, and to grow it. a backbone. 
you know, and, oh, yeah. and exercise that. Um, yeah. And here, here's the thing too. Um, I, I yeah. have, I don't agree, you know, with what you're saying about you don't want a crowd there um, because you just want media there and all that kind of stuff. Well, no, I don't say don't want it, but uh, I think no, I'm not dependent on this. I'm not depending on a huge crowd to make it successful. Let me put it that way. It's probably a better way to phrase it. Yeah, a lot of people show up. It's fine with me. Right. No problem. Well, yeah, well, that's good because you know if if the media does show up and there's only three people there, they're going to you know think, oh well, this yeah, is nothing. Point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So okay. I didn't want to focus want, on attracting people to come to it because, well, part of the thing is we don't, we don't have a ton of local support, which I'm hoping to change. Um, so I don't, I'm not expecting, I'm not gearing it towards, uh, you know, being dependent on a crowd being there. But yeah, if a lot of people show up, it's fine with me, but the place isn't that big. So, well, I, I agree, but you know, people will be flowing in and out. You know, not every, you know, the people who are in church on Sunday aren't going to come till afternoon. The people who yeah, aren't in, in church will be there, you know, Sunday morning. You know what I'm saying? So, there, yeah. There so we should do your report. Yeah, we should do your panel in the afternoon then. But I want to do a panel on this. You know, God and free speech. Just exactly what you just talked about now. Uh, that should be done in the panel discussion, so people get it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and why it's important to always stand against um, anything that tries to censor free speech. And it goes both ways. You cannot get angry because somebody is voicing an opposing point of view. Mm -hmm. And you can't uh, be upset because if if a Satanist comes up and starts challenging me about stuff, then that's okay. You know, and by mm-hmm. the way, if anybody's in there, you know, into in Satanism, witchcraft or whatever, and you want to challenge me, feel free to come on in. Um, yeah. You know, whether, whether, it's, whether it's here or there. Three, 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 two. Yeah. <laughs> you know. We're um, here. Because, yeah, we're here. And, and we can have uh, a discussion uh, about anything as long as you keep it civil, you know. Um, because that's what we're about is, is, is truly discussing things, not just getting emotionally all upset and, and you know, then it gets into personal attacks and all that kind of crap. Nobody well, that. I don't allow it. Um, uh, and I'll, I'll set yeah. aside time for people to disagree. You know, I don't uh, have specific, you know, we, we don't get into battles on this show. Uh, I mean, we, we take on challenging subjects and controversial subjects, but in others I don't. There's no yeah. shout fest. We're not doing this for ratings. This is not how we operate here. But I will always have time. Gotcha. I, I post things on, on uh, our, our group sites that I just agree with all the time you know yeah. that's that's the whole point of free speech that's right so it's just important to realize that you can't say well we're right you're wrong and we we can say this and you can't say what you have to say that that's not mm-hmm. what free speech is about so right. you have to understand that if you have the right to say something so but so does somebody else even if it's you know polar opposite of what you believe you know mm-hmm. that's okay they're allowed to say mm-hmm. that so mm-hmm. you know i, I want to make that perfectly clear because this is not about um, you know, Bible thumping, you know, and, and you know, no. with a 16 pounds from James, you know, kind of thing. Um, no, that's not what this is about. This is not about religion because I will fight religion tooth and nail. Um, mm-hmm. so, but, you know, you, you, you talk to me about scriptures and God and, and what he truly says, then, then you know, we got a conversation going. Yeah, that's going to be a crucial part, I think, of um, of our whole citizen legislation day, because you know, legislation ultimately, you know, is inspired by rights, and rights are inspired by, and and created by God. So it, it's a perfect way to trace it back. And when people know the origins, it's like, oh, I didn't know that. I mean, how many people? How many? You know, of, of speaking of religion, it sounds like a dirty word around here. How many priests, pastors, <laughs> ministers? It really is. It's kind of funny. This is the only this is the only God report where we hate religion. Well, not hate. That's that's the wrong word. But you know what I'm saying is that we're very critical. 
of people that are totally misconstruing for their own purposes, using, you know, say the government's saying we're the only people that can say what's truth, or the, or the government wants the power to label stuff as misinformation and then prevent people from reading it when, <laughs> when that's the only true stuff out there. But how many ministers, right. priests, pastors, have you ever gone to a church service where they talked about God-given rights, especially free speech, that that is part of God yeah. and that is part of what makes you you? Say it one more time. Yeah, I've, I've never heard that. Yeah. N- not from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Well, what do they teach in theology school? So, <laughs> Where do people learn not to talk about this? Uh, we, we, we don't even want to seminaries and you know no that i call them cemeteries you know they do not preach the word god anymore uh they have this watered down hyper grace gospel and it's more about how to run your business at the church um and it programs and this and that and the other thing it's not about getting in your prayer closet and and getting to know the heart of god and what he wants you to do and what he wants the people to know and all none of that anymore it is all about this is how, you know, the three points in a poem, you know, kind of thing, uh, sermon, and make the people feel good and preach them happy and, you know, don't talk about hell. Don't talk about um, your responsibility to the Word of God. Um, don't talk about any of that. Just, just you know, be seeker friendly. You know, make sure you have a coffee shop in the lobby of the church. Um, that kind of crap. <laughs> that's, that's really disheartening. It is terrible. You know, this, well, this is the reason I don't go to church. You know, and uh, well, are, are, you know, are, are you a Christian? You know, do you believe in God? Absolutely. Well, what church do you go to? Well, I don't. Well, why not? Well, because there's no connection <laughs> from, from, from everything I've seen. Uh, it's fascinating. Do you remember the movie Dead Poet Society? And I got a comment from Pianki I want to get to in a second. Yes. Do you remember Dead Poet Society? All right. Yes. Robin Williams making poetry live. Yes. Don't just read it. Live it. Experience it. Yeah. You know, don't just look at a, you know, a picture of honey, taste the honey, <laughs> you know, I mean, don't, don't go out yeah. on a, a spring day, feel the spring day, you know, don't look at the dew, put your bare feet on it. You know, I mean, that, that's life. Right. And then they get to the, then they get rid of the, the person who actually inspires life and they bring in, you know, the, the form of the poem, the poem has to be the correct number of syllables and has to be so many lines long. And this is what mm-hmm. a poem is. And you structure it this way. That's exactly what you're talking about. That's, that's, you know, that kind of yeah. study is, that's what school does. It takes all the fun out of knowledge you know, and water down to a form yeah. that nobody can stand. So you don't learn it. Hmm. Right. And religion yeah. will tell you um, knowledge is what you need. And God will tell you, I am what you need. Hmm. Live it. You know, I, you walking around should be me and you walking around. Yeah. And, and that's what it's about, you know. Um, there are people busting hell wide open who know a whole, you know, more about the Bible than you ever will. But hmm. it was only yeah. knowledge. It was not personal relationship. Big difference. That's like all the difference. Yep. You, know, you said a minute ago, and uh, like I said, I still got one comment I want to get to, um, about unqualified. You know, you're unqualified healers, and yet the person walked. You know, I have, uh, I hear this all the time too. Well, are you a lawyer? (laughs) No. Why do I have to be? (laughs) Well, you know, you're writing legislation. Yeah. Well, well, uh, okay. So (laughs) I I can read, (laughs) you know, I can read the codes. 
you know, I, I can set the numbers of the codes. I can change language. You know, I mean, you're better off with an English degree than a law degree for this. And I, in fact, I even asked Jonathan the other day, I said, in all of law school, did you ever learn how to write legislation? He says, no, of course not. No, no law school does that. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. So there's this myth that, that you have to be a, a lawyer. And I tell you, I said, lawyers are great with laws and trial. I mean, that's when you have to be a lawyer. To practice law, you have to be a lawyer. You have to have passed the bar before you can argue in court. That's a certification. But that, doesn't, that has nothing right. to do with the ability to write the laws. That's something I That's developed right. on my own. That's right. Hmm. Yeah. And okay. so it's, it's I, nobody um, mm-hmm. went to any of the disciples and said, well, can, can you show me your Jesus card? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where are your credentials? Where's, where's, where's your, like, yeah. uh, for, the, for the healers, you know, Paul and, uh, uh, was it John and, and Peter? I keep wanting to say George and Ringo every time you say that. It's kind of a nasty tendency. I'm going Beatles on the brain today. Sorry. Anyway, but uh, the first thing, that it's like they're asking, well, where's your medical degree? You know, where, where did you go to school? Uh, you know, well, the person's healed. They're walking. Well, that doesn't matter. Are you, are you qualified to do that? It's like they, they're more interested in the credentials than the result. It's really well, fascinating. You know why? Uh, oh, because please tell me. them, with all of their credentials, because to be a, a Sadducee and a Pharisee, I mean, you had to go through all kinds of stuff to reach that uh, level. I mean, you, okay. they were considered the most studied and knowledgeable and intelligent men on the planet. You know, oh, like the Supreme Court. Group. <laughs> Who knows it's nothing? Like, like Mensa, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, oh, okay. but, but here's the thing. None of them, with all of their knowledge, could heal anybody. Yeah. How about that? You know, yeah, all the and, experts. They, and they specifically yeah. said, these mm-hmm. men are unlearned and untrained, yet they healed. So we cannot deny that. Yeah. It's not well, they about do now. Your, your schooling. It's what are you able to do? Yeah, well, and look at now, too, the, all the COVID people. Dr. Zelenko, my friend who passed away, I guess about a year or so ago now, right. you know, healed people all over the world by creating the Zelenko Protocol. And yet that was denied by yep. government who killed a million people with COVID yep. shots and, and lack of early treatments and uh, misinformation, everything else, you know, in an organized campaign to kill a million people so they could push a COVID shot. So who are the healers? It's not the government. And they've got all the credentials. No. Yep. Yeah. Let me ask you, Pam, yeah. and, and, and I'll, All right, go ahead. I'll finish that. And, and just, just as a personal you know, testimony, I, I am an ordained minister, but I was preaching and teaching the word of God long before I ever got that ordination. Hey, you know what's funny? God called you. Sound, you, you sound the same as when you before you were an ordained minister. I don't notice any difference. That's there you go. Thing. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. No, yeah. Nothing How about changed. That? <laughs> yeah. So if anybody wants to give me an honorary law degree, <laughs> so I can say, I am a lawyer now, <laughs> honorarily. Trust me, nothing's going to change. I'll be just as sarcastic as I am now. Um, so Pianchi asked a question that we might want to talk about next week. He says, if God was for free speech, okay. then why did he confuse languages when men uh, were building the Tower of Babel? So I don't know much about the Tower of Babel, um, but that would be an interesting topic at some point. So how does, so it's in, a great topic. In, in a minute, how does free speech relate, relate to the different languages? And then, then let's pick it up maybe next week or, or sometime soon. Yeah. Well, because this is a multi-layered conversation, um, and Pianchi, thank you for asking that question because it, it's a great topic and it needs to be covered. So okay. why don't we cover that um, in next Wednesday? And Pianchi, I hope, I hope that you join in on the conversation. I'm sure he will. Let's bring uh, Bonnie in and see if she has a question for you before you have to go. Bonnie, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hello. I'm good. How about you? Good morning. Good morning. We're- <laughs> How are you? 
You sound like a little I'm bit of I'm doing good. Also. I always. Yeah. Oh, that's better. I, is that better? Saying Wendy always puts a smile on my face. So, you know, when I hear her voice, I'm always happy and it's, it's a good day. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, Wednesday, Wednesdays are getting pretty special around here. We go from Bill to Wendy to you to uh, Bianca. You know, talk about free speech. Yes. How many, how many, you know, I, I'm not even conservative. I'm way to the right of conservatives. I, I would call myself anti-federalist, have a progressive trans-socialist report on their show. You want to talk about free oh. speech? We believe in free speech here. Yeah. Especially after Bonnie's report. Yeah. Conservative Christian. <laughs> it's just it's great. I love it. Yeah. I love it. But that's what we do. That's right. Okay. It's a, it's a, um, it's a layered rainbow, if you will, of viewpoints. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But the thing is, what's fascinating is how much we have in common. Uh, and there are definitely differences. There's a lot of differences. Um, but, uh, but some things are, make a whole lot of sense. All right. Do you have a question for, for Wendy? Because I know she wants to get going here. Bonnie? I don't. Or no? I love the question from Pianke, though. I've, I've got my own viewpoint on, on the answer to the whole multi, mm-hmm. you know, why did God mix the languages? And, and so I'm going to be interested in hearing that dialogue. But, no, okay. I, I have That's no question. Okay. Well, let me ask one thing that I, I forgot from earlier, Wendy, if you have another minute. Um, Bill brought up a point that Japan has an extremely low birth rate, and they're trying to encourage young people, even paying them, you know, to get married. It's something Hungary is doing that's very successful. But in Japan, I was thinking, we're talking about this. I said, well, Japan, you know, especially after World War II, they've kind of lost their way. In this country, you know, Christians have God, family, and country. So we know why we're having families. We know we're building, you know, families, we're building relationships, we're building a country, basically. We're building a society. Uh, in Japan, I don't know if they have that anymore. I don't know how, where, where God, family, and country fits in in Japan. Um, have you thought about that, heard about that study? Did you hear the, the earlier part of the show? I'm just curious. Does that make sense, what I'm talking about? Um, Wendy? No, I, did, I, I didn't, so I'm just curious oh, okay. on Wendy's thoughts. Well, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Sorry, Wendy. I didn't, hear, yeah, I didn't hear that part either, but you have to understand that Japan does not make God their God. And it says, blessed is the nation who makes God their Lord. So, oh, you know, okay. and, and, and children are a blessing of the Lord. If right. you're going to remove God, then you're going to remove the blessing of children. Makes sense. Okay. Maybe just, you know, catch up. If you get a chance to listen this week, we, that'd be another topic for, for another time. Be interesting. All right. Well, let's get your contact information, Wendy, and then I'll get on to Bonnie, and off we go on our crazy Wednesday. Okay. Well, if you need to get in touch with me for any reason, you can contact me on Facebook at Wendy Arthur or Art by Wendy Arthur or Dimensions Ministries. And as always, bow now and avoid the rush. That's such a great thing to say. I just I get a kick out of that every time. All right, thanks, Wendy. <laughs> Who is that woman behind the microphone? What stories does she have for us? Secluded in a small radio studio in a secure location. Bonnie Nesbitt presents the news of the week and then presents not the news of the week. So join us now for The B Word with Bonnie Nesbitt. Yeah, since you're already here. <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> yeah, let's just, let's just hop right in. Yeah, we have, uh, yeah, it's too bad such a slow news time. I mean, I was talking about Bill about that last week. What could we possibly talk about what's happening in the world today? So, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, Pianca's got a question I'll get to. It. Well, I'm going to get to his question real quickly first, because we're talking about uh, uh, how people accuse me on a fairly regular basis. How can you write legislation and you're not a lawyer? Well, why do I have to be a lawyer? What's that got to do with it? 
Anyway, he says if a judge right. does not have to be a lawyer, why do you have to be a law, why do you have to have a law degree um, to argue before one? That's a good question. Judges don't make laws, you know. Why the term law degree? Uh, that's interesting too. Yeah, judges judges don't have any connection. Um, I mean, I, I could be on the Supreme Court. You know, I hadn't even been to law school. In fact, I, I've wanted to be on the Supreme Court. I think first I would do it just for the confirmation hearing. That would be worth it right there, even if I don't make it. Because you can see what I, you know mm-hmm. what I'm going to say. In, you know what I'm going to say in the confirmation hearings, right? You know exactly what's going to happen. Right. Yeah, I'm going to grill them all oh, in the yeah. Constitution, yeah. and they're not going to know it. <laughs> right. But, right. Uh, yeah. And yeah. then they'll dismiss so you. They'll dismiss you immediately. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, but interesting, the whole argument of qualifications. You know, you look at someone mm-hmm. that's allegedly qualified, you know, Dr. Fascist, the genocidal, psychopathic, avaricious, pathologically lying, narcissistic vaccine drug pusher, right? Him. Killed right. a million people. Yeah, but he's an expert, right? So the doctors that were saving people, you know, get condemned. So, so I, the qualifications and certifications are used to stop things and implement policy. They're not, to guar- they're not guarantees of competency, which is quite interesting. Anyway, right. on that note, yeah. What have you been looking at? Oh, well, I've been looking at multiple things. I saw the couple of articles that you sent me this morning, which I found mm-hmm. astonishing. Uh, mm-hmm. First and foremost, this, this an- <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. well, I, I don't even know what to think, you know, behind the scenes of the rationale behind mm-hmm. the well, potential idea first that impressions. Israel would have given. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Go ahead. Shock and it. dismay. Shock, mm-hmm. shock and dismay is my initial impression at the fact that mm-hmm. a stand-down order would have been given. I, it's, it's so far beyond Benghazi as far as the shock and horror goes, because why a nation would allow that. And, and as the article mentions, obviously, you know, I stand behind Israel, but I don't stand behind corrupt leaders. And if mm-hmm. this is a leader who put that into place, I'm appalled. I'm absolutely mm-hmm. appalled. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you look at my comment above it, um, the, the, the big difference between Benghazi and, uh, um, and Israel, uh, is, what happened in Israel is closer to 9-11. And I'll talk about that in just a second. Benghazi was a situation right. where the stand-down order was because they, they wanted the gun running. They wanted the operation to continue. They thought that they could you know, manage the situation. Uh, and they didn't want to go in and expose the fact that Hillary Clinton was running guns you know, through the Benghazi uh, consulate to ISIS to overthrow Assad. That's why they didn't want to, uh, right. you know, and the fact that if they all got killed, then the story dies with them. And now they can, then they've got plausible mm-hmm. deniability. That's different. So they didn't care about American lives, but they weren't, but there was no action beyond that, that the stand order was really mm-hmm. uh, promoting as much. 9-11, you know, in fact, I was reading an article about this the other day about the, the thing was not a failure uh, of Israeli incompetence. Of course they knew about this. How could they not know about this? They monitor you know, mm-hmm. this, like, uh, you know, like fathers monitor their teenage daughters. <laughs> they know everything, or at least try yeah. to, you know. And so, right. uh, so, so this is, this, it, it is impossible for me to believe Israel didn't know this has happened, just as it was impossible for me to believe that, uh, that the federal government didn't know that uh, the towers were going to be attacked or that Pearl Harbor was going to be bombed or the, any, or the Murrah building or any of these other things, okay? I am convinced that they know. Right. Uh, Josie thinks it's all that the government actually does it. I don't. I disagree with that. I think what happens is they find something that's going to happen and use the opportunity. Uh, I believe FDR knew about uh, Pearl Harbor and used it to get us into World War II yeah. so he could help Churchill. Okay. Um, wrong reason. <laughs> you know, help Churchill on your own, but don't, don't get us into war because to do that. Uh, Gulf of Tonkin, the Greer destroyer. Well, that's Lyndon Johnson used that to get us into escalate Vietnam. Remember the Maine, you know, got us into... Uh, uh, the Spanish-American War, uh, the Reichstag fire when Hitler burned his own parliament building uh, and blamed on the Jews mm-hmm. to start the Holocaust. 
You know, all these things are done for a reason. Mm-hmm. So it's not beyond comprehension that Israel, uh, now they're saying because they were near civil war and had judicial problems and things like that. I don't buy that. What I do think that if there was a stand down order given, and I haven't even read the article myself, but this is why I'm going to, I just posted it like 15 minutes before the show. So we're going to study this. I'm going to take a long look at this and look for corroborating articles. But the fact that, um, uh, that uh, they're saying it was an intelligence failure, I believe that's impossible. That's one piece of the puzzle. The next piece of the puzzle, mm-hmm. that, uh, that Israel needed an excuse to take over Gaza. Now, I think they should take over Gaza anyway, but they should do it openly. But maybe they can't do that. They think mm-hmm. they can't do that politically. But Israel, you know, my solution is the one nation solution. I don't like calling Israel a state. It's not a state. It's a country. It's a nation. All right. Right. And so right. that nation needs to be, you know, what, what the earlier borders were, which include Gaza, the Golan Heights, and the West Bank. That is Israel to me. There's no reason for Jordan yeah. or anybody else to have the West Bank when that's in Israel. That's what the Jordan River does. Rivers divide. You know, you look at most nations mm-hmm. of the world are, are divided by rivers. <laughs> that's just how it works, right? right? Except Missouri, but right. that's a different story. Let's think about this. Why, you know, why were so many Israelis around there disarmed? Although I did find a story of a kibbutz that fought back and did so very successfully. So that's right. not Well, they were disarmed because it was a holy day. No, but it was a holy ah, day. And there was a peace tell me. festival going on. We talked about that last week, about how the fact right. it was... Yom Kippur, which is the holiest of days to them. So they would have been completely unarmed. Plus there was a mm-hmm. peaceful, musical, basically a festival going on when these mm-hmm. paratroopers, if you will, descended mm-hmm. to just start shooting them. So mm-hmm. they knew, they knew ahead of time that they were going to be disarmed, clearly. So here's another question. That, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and so the next question is, I've seen pictures, people had videos, you know, from the, uh, the event. The, the music, the peaceful event, and you can see the, uh, the paraglider folks flying in. They saw them in the distance. So if Israel mm-hmm. monitors the Gaza that carefully, where you can't move in the Gaza mm-hmm. without a camera watching what you're doing, how is it that paragliders mm-hmm. could fly from Gaza to Israel and not be stopped along the way? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Unless that, there was a stand-down it, it, order. It's crystal clear. Yeah, it's crystal clear. There had to be. I don't doubt this story, and that's why it's so appalling. It's, you know, I, I myself had not even given much thought to the fact of how well monitored the Gaza was until I read this article, and they literally talk about not being able to move five feet without coming across an armed soldier, if you will. Every yeah. inch of that place is monitored so closely. So how could this have happened? It makes perfect sense, and yet why? What is the ultimate goal behind mm-hmm. allowing a stand-down order and behind having this happen? Is it to draw world attention to begin the World War III that we kind of see on the horizon? All the storm clouds are gathering. I saw this kind of portrayed in something earlier where, you know, you have China standing by in the wake, watching and forming alliances with the Palestinian governor, or not governor, but leadership. Yeah, report on that And then you have, right, and then the fact that... Exactly. They were there before, months prior to this. They were Mm -hmm. forming those alliances. And then you have them also waiting. They're just waiting for enough attention to be distracted so that they can go in and invade Taiwan. And that would be the disastrous result of years of them trying to take over Taiwan and the U.S. basically saying, you know, we'll stand with Taiwan. We can't do this. Now, obviously, we can divide our troops amongst the two locations. But if China Mm -hmm. looks like they're not going to attack and they launch a surprise attack, it would Mm -hmm. be detrimental in the midst of war to take over Taiwan. And now we have lost all access to, what, 90 percent 
of where all of our computer chips come from and everything that's made what we call in the Silicon Valley would be coming basically to a grinding halt for future productivity. Mm-hmm. Right. What would we do for our military? How would well, we I mean, the smartest thing is to build those, those chips here. Yeah, I mean, why we're not building those mm-hmm. chips here is, is beyond right. comprehension. It, you it never is, depend on foreign sources. Comprehension. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. I mean, you know, they no. use the chips. They should be building the chips. Um, but they've got this yes. cheap foreign labor, insane uh, idea. Now, my solution to Taiwan was, is to give them nuclear weapons and uh, give them about, you know, is the population of 6 million? Let's say 2 million AR-15s. That would be a deterrent because mm-hmm. they would mm-hmm. not, China would not be able to maintain it. So China would have two choices. They would either have to nuke the place, which is they don't want because they actually want to capture it and make it part of China. If they nuke right. it, that's defeat. Sun Tzu, you know, that's mm-hmm. that. If, if you destroy your enemy, you know, rather than co-op them, you've, you, you've lost. So they can't do that. Mm-hmm. But if, they're, if, if you've got 2 million AR-15, you know, AR-15 armed adults, then they can't occupy the country either. Right. You know, unless they assimilate into the population and hide. But I think uh, Taiwanese would discover, you know, would know who are the Chinese, you know, communists pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, Western mm-hmm. folks mm-hmm. might not, but they would because <laughs> they know their friends, family, and everybody else. And they'd be, uh, uh, I wonder if Taiwan has its own dialect differences. So like the equivalent of a Southern I'm accent. Sure. I'm sure. That'd be something, I'm sure how's that for I, research? I've Ask, actually, write that I've down. Act, yeah, that'd be okay. an interesting question. I can, yeah. I can write that I was going to say, I've yeah. actually seen, I've watched movies that were made in Taiwan that are, um, they, they actually speak English in them. I mean, you can tell that they have a slight accent as they speak, but I've actually watched Taiwanese films. <laughs> well, I'm sure English is the I second language because study. Taiwan deals with, uh, with uh, Western nations so frequently that it would make sense to learn English mm-hmm. in school. All of Europe learns right. English, even though, you know, Mark will tell you that. Uh, he's listening. Uh, there's a there's a big debate going on right now on on live chat, which is kind of interesting. So all you folks that uh, you know uh, that are, are listening to the show live, you know, check out live chat because this stuff's happening there. Anyway, um, but that'd be an interesting thing is to, is is to know that. But do you, did you hear the show Monday with the four wars scenario? No, I watched the video that you sent me on the four wars scenario, that's, that's but I did not good. actually get a chance to listen to the so show. So what did you think mm-hmm. of that scenario? Oh, it's frightening. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So why isn't that widespread knowledge? Why is only one person, Joshua Phillip of Epic Times? Why is the only right. he the only one saying this? I mean, other other than me, I don't think, and I'd never heard it before. Um, I'm going to be watching this right, stuff more carefully because, yeah, but it, it makes perfect sense. So why isn't that, you know, talked about in Congress? Why isn't that? Why, why isn't that strategy? That, why aren't people talking about the fact that you know this is all about getting us into a war? Now we've got two carrier groups sitting over okay, there. Okay, so let me take this. Let me take this one step further. Last night, as I was researching things, my husband came across a website on, um, it's kind of like an ongoing chat board for something that oh. he follows. There's, ac- there's actually a website out there, and I'll have to get you this, this web address um, privately. It uh-huh. discloses a list of 52 members of Congress who directly profit from going to war with their Oh, stuff. yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that. That that's that's yes. your report next week. Yes. I want I want I want name names and ha- and, um, it, and and dollar amounts. Yes, yeah, it has let's, names. Let's, let's go over that. Yes, it, it has the names. There's all kinds of bar graphs and pie charts that show how they profit. There are actually people out there monitoring their investments on a day-to-day basis to show how they are profiting from every single time we go to war, whether they invest in the weapons, whether they invest in the ammunition and the supply chain that goes along with it. it it's fascinating and mind-blowing at the same time. And these that's are perfect that's one-eighth of our Congress. One-eighth mm-hmm. of our Congress. That's all they need. It's that's all, magic. You know, uh, when, the, when the majorities are this slim, uh, it doesn't take many votes. Yeah. They can't even get a speaker. 
from the Republican right. Party. The Re- right. Republicans have a majority, and they can't even elect a, elect a decent speaker. So, yeah, this makes perfect sense. Uh, does it include lobbyist money from uh, um, all the different agents that are out there? Oh, I'm sure it does, because it said that it was members of Congress as well as political figures. So I'm sure that there's lobbyists involved in this. Okay, I can probably a name you a few. Who the names like John, yeah. right, John Bolton, Nikki Haley. Um, who else is big up there? Probably the Bush family, uh, probably the Clinton family. Uh, I would say, uh, who's the other person? Lindsey Graham. All the warmongers. All the people that are, are uh, mm-hmm. they're trying to get us into war. So I bet you those folks are on the list. That, you know, and, and others, the, whoever's running the Armed Services Committee, they're going to benefit. Um, right. Right. People like Nancy Pelosi who have uh, you know, investments based on what they hear secretly in hearings. <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's a biggie. Right. Um, so this, this makes perfect sense. So, yeah, let's, uh, so definitely uh, uh, write that down for next week and remind me. You know, um, you know, beforehand, so okay. I, I don't say, hey, why don't you cover this, <laughs> which I tend to do. So right. anything else on, on this particular, on the, on the stand down that you found? This is why I need an hour for you. Not on the so stand down. We, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> on so the, how about on the, the topic the stand-down, du jour? I didn't have a chance. The, top, the topic du jour, uh, again, as far as, you know, the connection between Obama and Iran, um, it's it's one of those things where when I look at the articles, especially the ones that you send me, um, I read the second one, especially this morning, about the connection in the Biden administration of this. Uh, I can't think of his name. Let me pull it back up here. Mally. Um, you might. Mally. Yes, him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Mally was the one I had written down last week, and I, mm-hmm. I tried to find stuff on him, but his name is actually in the article that you linked just shortly there. Um, what's his oh, name? the one with the Palestinian name. advisor that I just discovered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, yeah how about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should give you my and list connected of websites. to Jake Sullivan as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, I didn't even read yeah. that one. Either. These are the ones I just discovered. I was doing a news search for, for like future shows, and all of a sudden I find this really cool stuff. Um, I've got uh, right. probably 10 websites I'll, I'll let you know um, off the air. Okay. I don't want to take the airtime for it, but uh, there's some really good sources out there. And I like to find the stories, again, that no one's talking about. And these are the best, and they're not being picked right. up by the other sources. So this is the interesting no, stuff. So no, Mally is now more common news. But that started, right. uh, I first heard about that from Claire Lopez, who used to be on the show. On One right. American News, she's right. the one that first mentioned his name. I was like, what the hell? Who's this? Anyway, go ahead. Right. Well, what Robert Malley actually has a connection not only to Jake Sullivan, but also to this Mahar Bitar. I, I'm so terrible at pronouncing the names, but let's call him Bitar. Yeah. Um, he, he basically served in the State Department in the office, the special envoy for the Middle East Peace. And mm-hmm. you can find links between emails of him and Jake Sullivan. They were closely connected, as well as Adam Schiff. And we all know that Ooh. Adam Schiff was directly involved in Trump's impeachment process. So it's like this, this click of people that have huh. come together. And not only are they ousting, trying to oust Trump and so far is going to get false information on the Steele dossier, but right. they are also closely linked to trying to get Palestinian relations under control and, you know, basically siding well, with Palestine against Israel. Huh. Right? Okay. That's what I thought. So, so here's, here's, here's another question for, for, for research stuff. Um, Jake Sullivan, first of all, who's he? People should know who he is. Jake Sullivan worked in the White House. I'm going to find his official position. He also was tied into Hillary Clinton, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, um, well, wait, nah, maybe not. <laughs> don't, don't say that so quickly. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, so the minute, as soon as you say that, you know, you've got my interest. Okay, so Jake Sullivan, I think, is in the State Department. Uh, I know that Anthony Blinken he is was. Secretary of State, and I think Jake Sullivan is, like, number two or Jake three. Jake Sullivan, which, 
Yes, What's his title? They were both friends. Um, I'm, I'm, so I'm trying to go back and find. He was, he's Biden's current NSC chair right now. But I'm oh. trying to find what his position was. Um, well, that was my he's, question. He's, he's, mm-hmm. See, here's my question. Here's my question. I want to do a little bio on, on Anthony Blinken, Jake Sullivan, and now Adam Schiff, uh, Adam Mally, Schiff. Mm-hmm. and the guy we can't pronounce. So here's what I want to Batar. So I'm, I'm, Batar, all right, you know, I felt like calling him Butthead or something like that, you know, and, you know whatever his name is, <laughs> Maher Butthead from, uh, from, from Palestine. There we go. Yeah, well, you know, there Rush you Limbaugh was famous for doing that. You know, remember when he had Adeem Skyhook yes. you know, for some Middle East yes. terrorists? You know, yes. he always has different names for everybody. So, so on the Rush tradition, so I got to credit where credit's due. But let's see what the ties are between Adam Schiff, Jake Sullivan, uh, Anthony Blinken, um, and and these other two, Mally and uh, Butthead. <laughs> I forgot and his butthead. name, Petard. Yes, I, I think I'll host a, mm-hmm. hoist it on your Petard. We should just call him Petard. You know, Petard. But, uh, I think Petard works. I think really, okay, really well, Batard. So mm-hmm. we got we got Mally and Batard. All right. So now here's mm-hmm. the thing. Uh, as I understand, Blinken, who is the worst Secretary of State of all time, uh, I don't even know yeah. if he went to you know foreign policy school. Uh, did he ever? Did he pass the foreign services test? I did, by the way. Uh, I tried to get a job at the State Department, you know, because I thought it'd be fun to be in the foreign service for a while. Well, they didn't mm-hmm. want me for because most people, most organizations don't. Once they get to know me, it's kind of weird. Anyway. Um, but uh, but it was uh, but that's interesting. But let's find out the credentials. Jake Sullivan, what's his what's his credential? Okay, you know he, he's not him. a black woman. He's not a black woman lesbian. So I mean, how did he get the job? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I will so, have to dig into that. I mean, these are these are the only two prominent white guys in the in the Obama, you know, Brandon uh, coup, right? So why is it? So right. why are these two white guys? I mean, Brandon, we don't count because he's mentally incompetent. He's there to to not be president. So, but who? But right. How is it that that Anthony Blinken and Jake Sullivan, two prominent white guys, got prominent positions in the stolen government? I'm curious. I'm curious as well. And let me let me say, I would add one more name, and this is this is nothing to do with Iran. But you had asked me several weeks back when we talked about the person in the Easter Bunny costume, and I went oh. in and I researched uh-huh. who it was. And Who was it? It was actually Megan Megan Hayes. Who's that? Now Megan Hayes, she was on Biden's staff in the White House only one year, from 2021 to 22. However, what I found interesting is she was actually working for him when he was VP years prior under the Obama administration. Now she's a young girl. Um, I don't know a lot about why she was appointed, aside from the fact that she's very ambitious and she's been involved in you know, running the campaign. She tried to get Biden elected. She was part of his campaign staff. I'm looking at her and I'm going, hmm, did he just want a pretty young fixture to be in the White House to have more hair to smell? Or was there Mm-mm. something more to this? Does she have connections with? And he, a- he didn't pick her. He, he didn't pick her for the job. I mean, Obama or Michelle did. Well, Obviously, if she was there during the Obama administration, then yes. But but still, the question remains: Why did he bring her back? Why did Obama bring her back just for that short stint to be the Easter Bunny and help direct him? What special role did she have, or what what knowledge does she have, or how is it that she was able to get her? It's, it's almost like she weaseled her way back. I, I can't hmm. think of anybody being there during the VP time, leaving and then coming back years later for a short one-year stint. What was she doing so is she while not there she anymore? served in his staff? Is she gone? No. Has she gone now? She's not there. She's gone. She's completely huh. gone. Huh. 
This is curious. Okay, keep following. See, see what you dig up. Anything else on it? Yeah. On I, her? Not, not on her. I don't have anything else on her aside from, you know, I can tell you where she's at now, and it's, it doesn't have anything to do with the supposed Biden administration or Obama. Well, is uh, it a law firm that, uh, that lobbies the, the, the Brandon insurrection? Where is she? She is working. She is working. Um, uh, where did I put that? I believe in a foundation. It's like a nonprofit charity organization, and I'm trying to find uh-huh. it. Sure it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's right. it called? You know, the Committee for Free Palestine? I mean, come on. Who, 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 who is it? <laughs> it's not quite called that, no. <laughs> I'm trying to find the name of it. I should have written this down. That's okay. No, you uh, don't ask questions. You know, this is the way you look. I don't mind yeah. looking stuff up. It's okay. You know, if yeah. you can't find it now, we'll just, we'll just pick it up later. But I, I just find it curious. Now, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that Jake Sullivan... Anthony Blinken are probably both Brandon aides way back when, because I know Blinken was. So Blinken probably picked Jake Sullivan. That could be. And I found it. As of 2023, she's the chief of staff to Lucy Fato or Fato of the American International Group and a board member of the Tahoe Regional Planning Agency. So what is the American International Group? Is that AIG, the insurance company, or is this an actual political thing? Take a look right now. Look them up right now. Let's find out. I am AIG International Group. It does. It comes up as AIG Insurance, just like I thought. No, no, that's now, not they it. were one of no. the companies. Uh, well, then what or is, is it? it? That's the only name know. that comes up. That's the only name that comes up. Spell it out. Write it out. Mm, Don't just put AIG, but spell it out. It American International Group. International Group. Yep. Yeah, I spell keep it out. getting a multi-line insurance. I did. I did. Keep and scrolling everything down. I'm coming up with. Keep scrolling. I am. Is that what AIG everything stands related for? To, AIG does stand for that, yes. American International Group, Inc. It's all stock and insurance. It's the AIG company. And as I recall, AIG was one of the companies that was bailed out during the 2008 bailout when the whole economy tanked. Oh, they were the ones okay. that they basically reneged on all of their insurance policies. This is literally oh, the only AIG I'm seeing. Yes. Okay, so if it is the same so now company she's there. and she went there, mm-hmm. then that was the mm-hmm. payoff. That that's like the former FDA right. commissioner Scott, what's his name, that ended up working for Pfizer. He's on the he's on the Pfizer board. Mm-hmm. So this is a payoff for doing something. The question is what what did she do huh. and how did she get her way in there? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's find out. Uh, see if she, she crosses the Clinton Foundation or anything else like that. I'm curious if Jay right. Sullivan and Blinken, uh, what their association with Hillary Clinton might be, because I know they have right. I know they have uh, Biden. Biden goes back a long time with with Blinken, Blinken, Biden, and you know, nod <laughs> whatever. But uh, but Jake Sullivan, I don't know much about him. I do know that was somebody on one on American News that said they are the two most incompetent people possible. They're in the wrong position, absolutely wrong position. Blinken is a terrible Secretary of State. You know, in fact, did, did mm-hmm. you hear about the uh, uh, Brandon's flying over um, to meet with a bunch of people and Jordan's already canceled the meetings with him? You know, all these places are canceled. I didn't know that. Yeah. So they're flying. He's flying over to, to meetings that aren't going to happen. Well, here's the other thing is that uh, the, the uh, uh, Hamas fired a rocket that, that killed people in their own hospital. And they've got it on videotape. Right. Yes, that that just was breaking news yesterday, and I was actually going to talk about that too. Is it's it's oh, interesting that they would do that. Mm-hmm. The, the fact no, I don't think that they're on I know purpose. some of their military bases. 
Yeah. <laughs> Some of their military bases were underneath hospitals. They were underground. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yep. one of Hamas's techniques. So now that they mm-hmm. have blown up this hospital, per se, um, obviously there's a wide potential for Americans, injured Americans being there as well. So are they mm-hmm. not trying to start a humanitarian supposed reason to go in? I mean, it gives Iran full reason to go in and say, well, you've, you've started killing you know, people that belong to us or America saying you've, you're killing you know, helpless people in a hospital, and it starts, it's, it's kind of like World War One. well, you know, where we're defending the Duke being shot, and so all these countries are coming in saying, well, that's wrong, and this is wrong, and how dare you fire the hospital? So now we have more reason to go in and invade, and they knew that before they bombed it. Who has reason to go? We don't have any reason to go in and invade. We have no reason to, to seize the Gaza Strip, whereas Israel has every reason to seize it. We don't. We don't, but Iran would. Iran would do what? Defend Gaza? Would have, would have, well, they would have reason to go in and say that Hamas killed Palestinian civilians. So then they could go in and, and essentially try and take over with the premise that they were doing a humanitarian aid effort and then try and seize the Gaza. Sure. So, so you're saying, wait a minute, let me follow this. So you're saying Hamas, Iran is blaming Hamas? For, for killing the people in the hospital so that they can go and take over Gaza? I don't think so. I don't think... That, see, Iran never attacks over... The last time Iran was in a war was, was Iraq. And they killed them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, Iran's a big country. 90 right. million people. They got all kinds of... Uh, the, but Iran works behind the scenes. They work with Obama, mm-hmm. you know, who released billions of dollars to them uh, and gave them access to all right. kinds of things and gave them nuclear weapons. Okay, so, this was, so Obama is definitely connected right. to Iran. All right? What I want to know is why. So I want to get to that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Iran funds terrorists. They don't, uh, they don't engage directly. Now, 9-11 was an Iranian act. Most people don't know that. But you listen to Claire Lopez, mm-hmm. you know, CIA field officer of the Middle East. This is her area. This is what she's an expert in. Mm-hmm. And she was saying very clearly that Iran was behind 9-11. They never took credit for it. You never see it mm-hmm. uh, on the news. No one ever talks about Iran in connection. They talk about Saudi Arabia. Well, Saudis, they mm-hmm. hired Saudi pilots. That'd be like hiring American mercenaries and blaming the United States for, for an action that mercenaries took in some other country. Right, right. You know, American mercenaries mm-hmm. are not us. You know, I mean, no. if, they're, if, they're, if, they're, if they're hired mercenaries, they're working for another country. So the Saudis were hired by Iran to fly airplanes into our buildings. Mm-hmm. So let's, get back, let's mm-hmm. get back to the original theory that the government knew the Saudis were going to fly airplanes into buildings because all the instructors said, hey, we've got a bunch of Saudis that want to learn to fly, but they don't want to learn to land. And they actually reported it to the FBI. Mm-hmm. So the FBI knew. They said, well, the FBI ignored the reports. Yeah, BS, they ignored the reports. They probably knew it ahead of time. <laughs> you know, anyway. Um, so, but do you, think, do you think there's every possibility that Israel ordered a stand down for the same reason that uh, our government did not evacuate the towers on that day? They could have. Oh, I, yeah, they could have. And at the same time, they gave everybody within that strip 24 hours notice to get out. Gaza Strip is a it's a small piece of land. Can you imagine mm-hmm. the bottleneck of people trying to get out when you sit there and tell them to evacuate within 24 hours? They know that not everybody's going to be able to get out. Plus, there's a lot of stubborn people in the Gaza that say, no, I live here or die here. I'm not leaving. But mm-hmm. either way, it gave them a chance to say, well, we gave you warning. We gave you 24 hours to get out. And if you mm-hmm. didn't follow instructions, it's your own fault if we bomb you. Yeah. Get out to where? I'm sorry. Say that again. Get out to where? Egypt doesn't want them. Where's the question? Yeah, right. Jordan doesn't right. want them. Exactly. You know, so Palestinians, just for yeah. def- for everybody to, to know, they're they're basically refugees of Ottoman Turkey, World War One. 
That's who the Palestinians are. There are no Palestinians. It's a region. That's like saying Southerners in the mm-hmm. United States. Uh, so the Palestinians, right. there's never, there was never a Palestine. It was never a country. It was never official, never declared, mm-hmm. no founding documents, no nothing. Right. This is an mm-hmm. idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so and these people call themselves Palestinians, which they're fine doing, but that doesn't, doesn't guarantee you, you know, uh, a state in somebody else's country. You know, so right. that, that's the crazy part about right. this. So the, but the question is, where do they go? Now, they can't stay in Gaza because obviously the, their, their sole purpose is to uh, kill Israelis. That's what they're doing there. Right. So Israel can't tolerate that. Right. So why Israel allowed right. – now, here's the real question. Why did Israel allow Gaza to be taken over by Palestinians in the first place? I've wondered that so often, and I, I don't understand why. I, I mean, they could have very easily not let it happen. They have the weaponry. Mm-hmm. They have the force. Why did they allow it? No, I think it was by diplomacy. I think it was by agreement. You know, but, but, but why would you do that? What was the ultimate goal? Exactly. Uh, land for peace. Uh, you know, it, it, you know the whole idea. Well, we give you Gaza; it'll be peaceful. No, it won't. That's no, like, that's we're like, talking uh, about thousands yeah. of years of history <clears throat> between yeah. two countries or two nations, if you will, that hate each other. And we're mm-hmm. we're even told in the Bible that there will not be peace until the very end time when the Antichrist comes. There literally mm. will not be peace. Man's efforts will not bring about some magical restoration of you know the lion laying down next to the lamb here on earth. It's not going to happen. So you can yeah. talk until you're blue in the face. You can have one year that nobody fires a, a gun. But all it takes is one person saying, no, I'm not going to stand for this anymore, and peace stops. And that's mm-hmm. what's going to happen every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you don't import – I mean, Israel keeping Gaza would be bringing a murderer into your house. You're going to watch him exactly. really carefully. But why would you do it in the first place? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, well, exactly. we're being compassionate. We're going we're gonna to give this murderer a better life. But uh, we're going to watch him really closely because they're in our house. Well, why would you do that to yourself? That's just stupid. In the same way that it's stupid it for Israel to maintain Gaza um, and not have negotiated, just not accepted that. And same with the West Bank. Israel needs to just incorporate it. And this is why I don't say annex because it's part of Israel. They need to incorporate. Mm-hmm. And they need to start using words like that. So we're going we're gonna to incorporate you know, Gaza and the West Bank and the Golan Heights um, back where they belong, you know, where they used to be, in the nation of Israel. That's what they should be doing. Right. Now, does Israel need a pretext to do that? Do they need to to show the world because they're worried about criticism in the world that they have to that they had to let you know two thousand of their own people die in order to generate enough sympathy in order to do what they wanted to do all along, which was reincorporate God? That's the question. Well, then, if that's the if that's the question there, then let me just parallel that with what was the US, the U.S.'s intention then in allowing 9/11 to happen in those over 2,000 deaths? Because mm-hmm. directly afterwards, Democrats and Republicans laid down their political sides, and we all became Americans for a short amount of time, at least publicly. But what was the mm-hmm. ultimate goal then, if the order was to stand down? I know. I bet you know too. I'll give you a chance to think. Go ahead. Do 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 the Patriot Act. So that they would have the whole, censorship. The whole, no, yeah. it's beyond censorship. Be it's complete surveillance. Well, it's the whole purpose of letting yeah. 9-11 happen was so that everybody would rally around the Patriot Act, which had no hearings, which had no real investigation, right. which turned, this, turned the federal government into a complete surveillance state a la, 1911, a la you know, 1984 KGB. That's, they, we should call mm-hmm. it the KGB Act. Because that's what it did. It needs to be revoked. It needs to be gotten rid of. But the whole purpose of of 9-11 was to prepare people for the Patriot Act. The purpose of Pearl Harbor was to prepare people for World War II. The purpose of the Maine was to prepare people for the Spanish-American War. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. 
The purpose right. of, of this right. is to prepare the world for Israel taking Gaza, which they've wanted to do for a long time. Bibi Netanyahu has wanted to do that for a long time to end this problem. But because of world opinion and because they need a pretense, they needed to show that Israel has suffered to, so they're willing to kill. If this is true, this is the stand down order is real. Their purpose is to generate enough sympathy that when they go take Gaza, which they plan to do anyway. Now, you notice the, the Gaza invasion plans pretty organized. They didn't just think of this, mm-hmm. you know, after the attack. This plan has been on the books for years. Well, and that being said, I agree in the same in the same concept of being on the books for years that the COVID, the whole crisis was on the books for years. And yet one of more course. element of preparing people for stand down orders of wear a mask or you won't be allowed to do anything. So yeah. it's one or, more or take a take a dangerous chemical into your system or take a is, vaccine. You know, yeah. Exactly. Well, I, we don't call vaccines anymore. <laughs> Did you ever hear my PSA on that? Vaccine. How about a vaccine? It's wacky. No, I just, I just call it a COVID shot. <laughs> COVID death shot. Vaccine. Yeah. Well, I'll save my the thing. COVID death uh, shot. I'll, I'll save my, my PSA because there's a couple of inaccuracies in it now. All right. So did you find Obama-Iran connections beyond what we've talked about? No, I didn't. And I did a lot of digging, but I did Do couldn't. you find that strange? Of course I do, because I know that there's got to be stuff out there. But once again, it's censored, so you cannot mm-hmm. find it. It's been erased. Mm. Okay, well, let's go back further. Then. Let's go back to, to Obama's Pakistan trip that no one seems to want to talk about either, where he was able to go to Pakistan, which he calls Pakistan, like he's his Taliban, you know, so that uh, Brandon mm-hmm. will say Taliban and Pakistan, just like Obama says it, because he's right. picked up his speech patterns. We talked about that. Uh, that'd be something interesting to do, right. too. If, if, if people are, are in the declining mental stages, do they pick up the speech patterns of those who talk to them? That would be an interesting question, too. Betcha, betcha. Well, it's kind of like if you move from the north to the south, you're going to pick up the southern accent within a couple of weeks. I do think that you easily pick up the accent of what you're around. So if well, bam, I mean, I'll start, like start talking like this. You know, I'll start talking like this. I got my pickup. I got my dog, Blue. We're going to go out and hunt deer. It's going to be fun. Okay, you think I start talking like this what, two weeks after I got here? Damn. <laughs> No, but I do know that if you are told that your pattern of speech is odd, like everybody says that the Midwestern has an accent. So if you go to Chicago, you know, it's like you're going to get a beer in Chicago. Ah, ah, that's there. And it's, it's a dialect that people pick up on when I talk to family from the Northeast. And they're saying hmm. that everything is wicked, wicked smart, you know, and, and again, depending <laughs> on where you one. go. <laughs> Boston, yeah, I remember that. Wicked smart. Yeah, wicked smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I do believe that the, the dialect that you are immersed in, you're going to pick up on. Now, I myself, I lived in Mexico for over a year. I learned textbook Spanish in high school. When I moved down to the middle of Mexico, I obviously had an accent that wasn't correct. They also had slang terms that they used that were native to that area. I picked up on those pretty quickly. And then today I come back to where I am, and if I talk to Spanish people, they immediately turn to me and say, where did you learn to speak Spanish like that? You sound like... <laughs> somebody that's from the state of Idaho. Mexican. And it's like, because peasant. I, uh, yeah, yeah, you sound Mexican. You, you, you gringa. Who are you? You're supposed to be a gringa and you sound like a Mexicano from Hidalgo. And I'm like, cause I lived there for a year. So I understand. Huh. But the dialect isn't all that different dependent on what part of Mexico you're from, but it's very distinct from Cuba. It's very yeah. distinct from Spain. It's very distinct from Puerto, Puerto Rico. You know, mm-hmm. everybody has their own dialect in that mm-hmm. sense, but yeah. And none of them speak Latin, by the way. Biden. Latin America is not Latin. <laughs> no, no. Latin is a dead language, but it's all rooted mm-hmm. in Latin. 
That's the thing. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Biden being around Obama as long as he was, obviously, is going to pick up on calling it the Taliban because that's how Obama calls it. And he's the one whispering in Biden's ear every time he takes his medication and drinks it with his warm grandpa milk. It's all there. <laughs> but that's proof to me that Obama's talking to him directly because otherwise he wouldn't say it that way. He'd say it like the rest of us say it. <laughs> Taliban. Damn it. Right. Pakistan. Right. But I'm curious about Obama's yeah, Pakistan trip. Exactly. And, and what, what contacts did he make there that are still around? Did he, you know, like, like Mali's, you know, father or something like that? I mean, I don't know. It'd be interesting to trace right. that Pakistan trip because no one's talking about that either. See, Obama is like the mystery person. He, he's, he, is, he is obviously mm-hmm. conspicuously, you know, absent. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Nobody's talking about mm-hmm. him and everybody knows he's running the government. So if everybody knows Obama is running right. Brandon, then why is nobody talking about him in the news? Right. That to me seems very strange. Right. Yeah, yeah, he is absent. Hmm. He is very, very much so absent. And one other thing I did want to bring up in attention to, you know, last mm-hmm. last Friday was Friday the 13th. We have Halloween around the corner. I have an mm-hmm. extremely scary story that relates directly to this that is very fitting. And that is my brother went to a local store, and this store happens to be owned by a Muslim from Yemen. Uh-huh. And just before the 13th National Day of Jihad was declared, he went in there somewhat shaken. And, you know, the, the store owner is letting him know, uh, basically expressing his fear of, like, have you heard about this? I can't believe they're doing this. And he's like, no, I think that's fine. I, you know, they, they're just trying to take back what's rightfully theirs. The Israelis have basically made slaves out of the, pa- uh, out of the Palestinians for years. They're just declaring <laughs> back what's theirs. And he's like, but what about the fact that it's being done here in America, like in New yeah. York and, and some of these other cities are getting prepared for this National Day of Jihad? And he said, oh. You have no idea how many cells there are here in this country. You have no idea. And that just, you know, got the hairs on the back of my brother's neck kind of raised up. And then he goes mm-hmm. to a different store. Another Muslim guy owns this one, kind of says the same thing. Like, you know, aren't you kind of like, like, I'm kind of scared as an American for what's going to happen. Like, I don't know what to think. Guy looks him dead in the face and says, oh, you don't have anything to worry about. It's not time yet. <laughs> what? It's mm-hmm. not time yet. Curious <laughs> phrase I've ever heard. So, so we got yeah. two people independent of each other who two are both people. confirming well, that something's coming. They're cousins. Oh, they're cousins. But they okay. own different businesses. Yep, they are related, but still, they what are both Muslims. Did... They are professed Muslims. Okay, what mosque do they go to? You don't have to mention the name of I know it's not this, but... Sunni or Shiite. It's not Sunni or Shiite um, Muslim religion that they have. It's one of the other sects of the Muslim religion. I think it's something called Zaidi or Sadi. I don't know how to pronounce it. I've never heard of another but sect. I've... Oh, yes, there are. There's like seven different Muslim sects. Oh. Well, that's interesting. It's just So for your Muslim report next week... <laughs> I'll, I'll give them to you. There's Sunni, yeah. Shia, Wabi, Salafi, Barelvi, Sufi, and Diobandi. What's the most violent? What's the most violent? Mm-hmm. I would have to say probably Shia, but let me double check that. Because that's what Iran because is. Because the Shiite is, and the Muslim Brotherhood, I believe, is Shiite, is it not? I'm pretty sure, yeah, that makes sense. And that, that's Obama's friend. So do, do we have more Muslim Brotherhood right. connections to Obama? I'd be curious. I don't have any new ones. I don't have any new ones, but that's still something I'm researching. So if Obama the, is, is connected Sunni, to Iran, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead. Well, what branch, now that I think about it, what branch of, of uh, Muslim is Obama? 
is he going to come out and publicly even say that? No, no, we're not. No, he's not going to say anything. Of, that's not. That's not my question. But right. what? What? Uh, what branch? What uh, mosques has he been to? What? Uh, well, you probably have to find out from uh, Indonesian records. You know what? What? The school that he right. went to in Indonesia was probably a Muslim school. In fact, I can guarantee it because the country's Muslim. What sect right. of Muslim was the school that Obama went to? So you never, you can't ask direct questions. This is, it all has to be done indirectly. You know, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. when you want to right. research somebody right. that did something horrible and that they're not talking about, what you do is you find out what high school sports team they played and, and then who else was on the team and you start researching them and you do all this background stuff. You know, so the research right. becomes very right. interesting. You've got to find the peripherals. So in other words, we're not going to find out what Obama, you know, what his connections to Iran are. So let's go look at Pakistan where he, where no American well, was going, mo- but Obama got in. You know, I mean, he got traveled from from Americans to Pakistan when Obama was there was banned. Well, how did he get there? Oh, now it gets interesting. Yeah. Right. So what sect of Islam does Obama belong to? Well, look at his father. Let's look at his father, because whatever his father was, Obama was. Well, listen to this. We have the main part of the Muslim Brotherhood. They are a Sunni transnationalist group. And when you go in terms of denomination, Indonesia is also a majority Sunni country. So they're not Shia. So that's interesting. No, I went back and researched it. And the Muslim Muslim Brotherhood is, it's Sunni. And Indonesia's primary denomination is Sunni. Now, now Shia we think of as the most violent, but who's to say that Sunni isn't violent themselves too? And I can't find which one is the most violent, obviously. The, everything well, is saying most, that they're equally violent. But what's interesting mm-hmm. is that the Muslim Brotherhood is Sunni. The Muslim Brotherhood was all over right. the White House. So why would, right. so if there are, are there, if there are rivalries between the, the different branches of Islam, just like the, the Catholics and the Protestants, you know, don't always get along. <laughs> you know, you've got Eastern Orthodox, Western mm-hmm. Orthodox, you know, the, a little difference there, like, you know, Easter, Christmas, things like that. Um, right. mm-hmm. you know, let's, uh, let's see if there's a, let's see if, if, uh, you know, Obama's connection are Sunni and how does that, and how does he get along with Shia Iranians? And it's just very complex it's, and there's no right answer to this. We're, we're just right. exploring. We're, we're right. just, we're just going down rabbit sure. holes and seeing what we find because, you know, and most times you don't find anything, but that's okay. That's actually a good result. But when you do find something, now we got to connect it mm-hmm. and now we have to connect in. You know, Jake Sullivan and uh, and Blinken. I mean, were they in the Peace Corps together? Uh, did they? I don't think they were veterans. I don't think any, any Democrat, you know, in the current uh, coup government, you know, was a veteran. Um, Millie, <laughs> that's a different story. Uh, but what is their connection? You know, what do Biden, Adam Schiff, Jake Sullivan, and Anthony Blinken have that ties them together? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Pianchi confirmed we'll a male out. child is a male child is what his father was in Islam. So yeah. So if his father's Islam, he's Islam. I mean that's just that's the rule. Yep. Unless he becomes an apostate and denies right. it, which he never has. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what we have we food for thought to research. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, now, do you like doing I mean, all this research? I, I, mean, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm sort of like, and these are all ideas. So there's no, no requirement here. You can always bring anything you want to the table. But um, do you find these interesting, some of the questions that we're, uh, no, that we're coming up with? Oh, 
I do. I do because ultimately they, they're rabbit holes that go off in different directions. And what's interesting and what I love is when they all come together and you can find mm-hmm. the connection between it and you can see the motive and the, the basically the, the hidden story that no one, like you're saying, is talking about. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, others would look at it as almost like conspiracy theory. But the fact of the matter is there's truth to every conspiracy. And so when well. you try and Fit the, fit the pieces of the puzzle. There, there are bits of truth in every theory out there. When mm-hmm. you find one and you can validate it, and the government doesn't want you to know about it, they're going to shut it down faster than they that faster than you can blink. And that's what the censorship has done. So talking that's what it becomes about, interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Um, I have other things that I went back and researched that dealt again with answering previous questions. So I would love mm-hmm. to go back to the story about ten- Tennessee saying that they were going to forego federal funding on their educational system. Yes. You wanted me to dig a little bit more into that. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the report basically that I found said Tennessee spends about 30% less on its students than the national average. They spend Mm -hmm. about $10,000 per student on average compared to the national average of 14,000 per student. Hmm. And Tennessee Mm -hmm. spends less than every neighboring state except Mississippi. So federal dollars actually make up a very small piece of their funding. Because they had almost an $8.3 billion budget as of the fiscal year 2023, and yet they were going to turn down, I think it was something like $1 billion from the federal government, and everybody was seeing it as, oh, no, that would be so detrimental. Well, why? That's a fraction of their overall budget, and if they would rein things in and, and if they didn't have federal funding backing them, they would have free reign to go off of the federal-pushed curriculum. And push a better curriculum that parents would be very happy with, a, a local grassroots style of curriculum that everybody is in agreement with, and, and shun the whole agenda that the federal government is pushing. And they probably would be better off in the long run because it is such a small slice of their pie overall. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, I think it sets sense. the template for every single state. Yes, I think every state. Well, no, I mean that, that's and, that's the model. You know, I think you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. You know, that if they can yes. if they can do this, and other states can do that, and the government, the federal government is terrified of that, and so is the left, and so is the teachers' unions, because the states declare their independence, right. which they should do, because I mean they could do it on constitutional mm-hmm. grounds. I mean, there's nothing in the uh, Constitution that gives the federal government any say in education, let alone a department of it. That department's unconstitutional. Exactly. So why not do this right. and, and save the money? You know, and usually it works. Well, now, does Tennessee have an income tax? Um, I, I did not check to see if they have an income tax. I don't I'm just curious for revenue sources. No, know that they do. Let me look it up real quick and see if I can answer that. Sure. Yep. We'll vamp here for a You're second. You're talking about a local, a local income tax. Well, no, they probably have property. No, state, state income tax. They do not have an individual income tax, and they have a six and a half percent corporate income tax rate, and they have a seven okay. percent sales tax rate. But they do not have a state income tax. See, this is an interesting pattern I'm seeing too. That the states that are that don't have an income tax are usually the most profitable. I find right. that interesting. Right. But it, I find that not, interesting too. And uh, go ahead. I was going to say they also have a they also have a cap on their local um, tax rate of two point seven five percent, which is low. I know in Indiana, we also have a 7% sales tax rate, which is the same as Tennessee. And mm-hmm. we have local county tax um, on every paycheck as well. We have state income tax here in Indiana, and it's mm-hmm. about 3.2% right now. But we also have county tax on top of that, which is another 2 to 3%. It's interesting that Tennessee not only has the same sales tax rate, but capped their local rate at 2.75. And mm-hmm. 
they have one of the lowest corporate income tax rates, which is why organizations like Daily Wire have moved there and out of California because mm-hmm. it's astronomically high in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the highest taxing economy in the country is probably California's, and it's performing the worst. They've got mm-hmm. the biggest state debt. They've got the worst situation. Now, right. what's interesting is that Florida, Texas, Tennessee, New Hampshire, but also Washington state. Washington doesn't have an individual income tax, and that's a liberal state. And so, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so this is not ideologically based. It's really economically based, and it's based on, on, on mm-hmm. a false premise. So the federal government idiots think that if you raise the income tax, you'll get more money. You don't. You actually get right. less money because people stop working. They change jobs. They do different things. They they avoid the tax. They don't work overtime. They they do a lot of stuff. So you actually end up losing money, and new businesses don't start because it's too. They'll go to another state without an income tax, or without a, without a corporate right. tax. So so this is fascinating. So Tennessee, this is this is cutting edge. Let's see who else picks up. So now you got two states. If you want to start putting together like an education folder, you've got Arizona, which started full school choice, right? Mm-hmm. You've got right. Tennessee. Which wants to which wants to kick out all federal money so they can run their own education system? There's a pattern forming here. Right. Let's see who's next. Yes. So so Absolutely. this is a, so so this is a movement, and so hopefully Florida will pick up on this as well. We should have both. I was well, we already yeah, don't I was have about to say tax. Florida would probably be yeah, and you have Ron DeSantis, the governor, who mm-hmm. you know uh, say what you will, he's put tremendously good things into play, including ousting like forty percent of the curriculum that was basically mm-hmm. a pro LGBTQ alphabet soup agenda. And so, yeah. you know, I applaud him for, for standing with parents in that and saying, we will not stand for the federal push of this malarkey in our schools. So yeah, why like not make the next governor. one that says we don't. We, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just don't want him as president. He's, yeah, I know. He's you, not, he's, you don't want him as president. <laughs> yeah. Clint Eastwood had it right. You know, good man's got to know his limitations, you know, and he's a great governor. Yes. Ever since he got over being mm-hmm. a dictator over COVID, initially he was a COVID dictator, and that was a total screw-up. But mm-hmm. he recognized fairly quickly that that was a total screw-up, and he got rid of his, his illegal right. dictates and mandates. Uh, and then we, we went right. from there, and, and not as much damage was done, uh, like compared to Michigan or California or New York that maintained their mandates and killed tons of people and all yeah. kinds of other horrible things happened. You know? But uh, yeah, so right. this is an interesting trend. Okay. Did you have another story? We've got about five minutes. Okay. I, I, yes, I have another story, and this is something you may or may not have heard about as well, and that uh-huh. is just going right in line with talking about how smart our government is. John Fetterman, we all know who he is. <laughs> he, he was That's actually on the Colbert Report. Did you see uh-huh. the segment that he literally ousted himself on, on the Colbert Report? I've seen little clips of it, but I have not uh, heard the, the report, so, so please elucidate. Oh. Okay, so what he said was, and I quote, You all need to know that America is not sending their best and brightest to Washington, D.C. Sometimes you literally just can't believe these people are making the decisions that are determining the government here. It's actually scary. To that, I say, you know what's scary? You, John Fetterman, have you seen a mirror? I mean, what are you going to do when you hear about the guy in Pennsylvania named John Fetterman? John Fetterman. For real. And that's <laughs> well, <laughs> that, Greg, that is called a beasting. Bam. Yeah. That is a classic. That is hysterical. Well, think about it. The, 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 the craziest person in Congress is saying that there are crazy people here. Yes. Yeah. 
Right. I mean, that's that's scary. When the crazy person recognizes mm-hmm. that they're crazy people, we've got a problem. But it's, it's kind of interesting. That's my point. Yeah. Yes. yeah. No, I agree. Yes. I, think you're, I think you're right on. This is fascinating. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, Absolutely. Well, and here's something, and, and this goes to my theory that you should never let political parties um, determine who can run for office because it's not that we, mm-hmm. we, we get terrible candidates. But we, we, we don't get to choose, you know, who, who, uh, who we elect to office. We get to choose who the parties give us to run for office. Right. That's an well, entirely that's true. different and thing. And then we have to deal with the consequences of the people that are there. So you know the story about Representative Jamal Bowman, the Democrat from New York, that happened a couple <laughs> of weeks back. He's the one that pulled oh, the fire alarm, Mr. Fireplug, which yeah. forced a pause, for, forcing the pause in, in that vote. And he's he literally a former school principal. And he wants to sit there and claim, well, I didn't know what would happen. I thought if I, you know, I got there and I knew I was okay, that's really a, that's important. A, we know that's a BS story, but why did he pull it? And who put him yeah. up to it? Who's behind that, though? What was, exactly. It, it didn't stop that? anything. So, so, so what was the real objective? No, it didn't. We knew it wasn't going to – he knew it know, wasn't going to stop anything. So why would he do it? Of no, course he did. Yeah. All right. Let me get to Pianchi real quick. And then I got uh, Bianchi coming on in about three minutes. Pianchi, what's your comment on this? Probably on education, I'm guessing. Well, I want to know, you know, we talk about Israel. Israel is very, very racist to blacks. When the Ethiopian women came back to their country, they made them take birth control, be sterilized. Why did they go in the first place? Why why did they go to Israel if it's a racist country? Because they was from there. They're the original people from that area. What what time period? What, What time period are we talking about? Since the beginning of time. Okay, so this is Canaan. interesting. So, so our Arabs are. Well, wait where do minute, Arabs come minute, from? You admit not... yourself that you didn't, you didn't know these things. Let's get back on the racism. They promised lands for Jews as long as they're not black. Now, what about United Davis States, Jr.? The United States is. Uh, United States supposed to not give aid or funding to programs that discriminate. You remember Hillary Clinton? You remember Barack well, they Obama? <laughs> they, 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 they require well, the me, LGBT the people, money. The people yeah. need to hear that. Remember Barack Obama uh, told a Nigeria you couldn't get aid because of your social Yeah, I remember that. That's, that's just the point I made. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that that you you're anti basically anti uh, homosexual. You remember when uh, Uganda's Yuri Museveni, the president of Uganda, came to uh, Dallas, Texas, for a conference and Four Seasons canceled his reservation because the country, the country had anti-gay laws. Okay, I mean, this is a huge it. topic, and we we unfortunately we don't have time for it right but that's now. But let me get Bonnie's No, that's okay. Well, let's let's, let's talk about Israel being being a racist country against uh, uh, black folks and, and blacks being the original people of that area. I don't know. Well, I you don't know, know why that is because uh, because uh, they have no problem living amongst Palestinians. They have no problem living among Arabs. But it's the whites that claim that they're Jews. That's the ones that call the racism because they come from countries like Germany, Poland, and the United States. And Russia. 
<laughs> and and all over the place. And, and uh, Jesse talked about her yeah, well, Argentinian about Jewish friends. Well, pogroms. Fiddler on the roof. You mentioned you mentioned yeah. you mentioned Argentina. Argentina had a, a slave population. Yeah. But well, now you can't uh, find a black in Argentina. But anyway, you get back to your show. Okay, no, thank you. No, I appreciate it. It's been interesting. Yeah, well, this is, obviously this is a huge topic. We need to take it up sometime. So, Bonnie, if you want to look into uh, racism in Israel, that's interesting. Now, I don't mm-hmm. you know, necessarily agree with what Pianca is talking about. And, and he's still on the line, so he's listening to me, right? <laughs> this is kind of funny. Um, but uh, that, you know, the, 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 the people of the area were originally black. I don't know. I mean, that's the Middle East. You know, I mean, how, how dark skinned right. were the people and where did they come from? I don't know. That's a, that would be a whole research project in itself. But I've never heard oh, yeah. this before. So Pianchi, you know, his, his news story about Mali, about Ethiopian women in, in Israel, I've never heard that. You know, so that's, yeah, is this something that's crossed your, okay, so that, that might be something we can look into. Okay, well, let's, let's conclude. Give your, your famous plugs and things like that, and then we're going to get on to our, our progressive report here. Absolutely. So you can listen to me on Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. on WFRN.com. You can download the app and listen from anywhere live. And then also you can find my cookbooks at Amazon.com or at my website, www.bonnie-appetite.com. I have um, easy breakfast and dinner menus and elegant entertaining and celebration menus because I'm always ready to have a good time. Yeah. And if you missed all that, then catch it on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Talk to you That's next right. week. Obviously, we, we, you notice you got like 10 times more questions than answers. <laughs> it's like we're sort of building. You know, that, ha- that happens every time. Yeah, yeah, that's all right. I'm okay with that. I, I, okay. I like to dig for those not in the news segment, so we'll keep it going. Sounds good. Thanks, Bonnie. You bet. Thank you. All right. And now a little West Coast sophistication for Action Radio. Where else can a progressive socialist trans actor, political activist, and candidate from San Francisco meet on the air with an anti-federalist, individual rights, free market citizen legislator in Florida? Agree or disagree? And we do. It's always fascinating. So join us now, please, for the Progressive Report with Bianca Von Krieg. Yeah, it was a little loud initially. I had the volume up. That was too quiet last week, but I'll, I'll get that sorted out. <laughs> hey, Bianca, how you doing? What's going on? Uh, I'm good. Uh, it's good to be back. Um, yeah, so uh, I got a lot, of, a lot of things on Israel to talk about. But first, I'd like to do a slightly uh-huh. different format for today and talk sure. about uh, something that happened to me last Friday. Um, <clears throat> as some of you may have known, I, I was one of the major architects of the Newsom recall here in California, and I got 500,000 California Democrats to sign the uh, 1, 1.5 signatures that were necessary to get them on the ballot, to get that measure on the ballot. I, um, one of the people I worked with has since uh, started his own radio shows, and I call him once in a while and just say hi, or maybe bust his chops on some liberal stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, this time he was talking about Proposition 19. And uh, I'm going to give you guys some background for, for those of you who aren't from California. Proposition 19 was a reform of a very controversial proposition called Proposition 13 back in like 79, uh, where it basically es- essentially said that the, 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 your property values as, are assessed when you buy it and that's it. So, uh, and there was a provision in this law that said you could pass on as many properties as you wanted, no matter how much they were to your kids and grandkids and they wouldn't be reassessed. 
Well, uh, what happened was uh, a couple of years ago we passed a Proposition 19 that said <clears throat> that took away the inheritance provision for anything worth over a million dollars. But there was one exception. Um, if, if one of the properties you inherited was worth more than a million dollars, made it your primary residence, then it was exempt from that. And Netter was flat out claiming that, you know, that, that simply wasn't true, that there was no uh, ex exemption for residency. <clears throat> I tried to call him on it, and he put me on hold for 40 minutes and then eventually hung up on me. Uh, this is something I find very disturbing because uh, we got into this to, to tell the truth and to battle the deep state. And mm -hmm. this guy has essentially become part of the problem. Uh, oh, uh, listen, I, I see know, that all the time in the conservative movement. Yeah, the, we call it raising complaining to an art form. You, you think they're protesting and helping? Yeah. Really not. They're just making money off it. Yeah. yeah. It, so I'm, I'm with you yeah, there. That's yeah, a, they're exploiting people in the same way that that InfoWars guy did about the, the shootings in Connecticut or something like that. Yeah, and it's funny because um, he does good work. He was right with, with uh, Obama arming the government to the teeth with uh, billions of rounds of ammunition and hundreds of thousands of guns. But he totally screwed up on Sandy Hook. It was a huge Yeah, that's the mistake. thing is that you have, yeah. you have a Don't good come. opportunity to really make some difference, and then you, yeah. you know, just like you sell out in the cheapest way possible. Additionally, he had like these kind of like Hitler youth uh, going on about generational wealth on the program too. And um, well, you know, generational yeah, wealth is uh, something that yeah. – well, let up, me finish my thought here. Oh, Gen Gen generational yeah. wealth is essentially the BS corollary to trickle-down economics. It's how Generation A justifies screwing over Generation B. <laughs> and um, case in point, you have the reverse mortgage. So, yeah, you know, okay, let's say you know, there's no Proposition 19 and you just let your parents just, you know, accumulate all this wealth. They could still put a reverse, reverse mortgage on it, capital, pull out all the equity and use it up. And even if they use up more equity than they had, the, the bank will still let them live in the house till they die. Right. So, um, you still get uh, don't buy generational wealth. It's just trickle down economics, you know, family style. Um, anyhow, that was disappointing, uh, very disappointing. But uh, there you go. That's KBC for you. Uh, moving huh. on to Israel and Gaza. No, hold on. No, let's go. No, hold on a second. I want to do Proposition Thirteen because okay. it's really interesting. Because I was right, out sure. in California for thirty years, okay. and it was always a source of controversy. Um, it passed Howard yeah. Jarvis. You know, uh, Americans for, I was Americans. No, that's that's Grover Norco's group. I forgot what it was, but Howard yeah. Jarvis was the person that got this going. And Proposition 13 had already been passed before I got there. So as I understood it, it, it yeah, it rolled back. Let me see what I guess. It, this is from, uh, I just pulled this up when you're talking, Office of the Assessor, County of Santa Clara. So Bay Area County. Uh, it says property, Proposition mm -hmm. 13 established the concept of a base year value for property tax. So they rolled it back, like you said. They rolled back a couple of years from 78, 79. To 75, 76. But what I understood also is there's a limitation on the increase. So in other words, the, it says, and this is, I think, the key to it, the assessed value of a property is limited to an increase no greater than 2% each year. So in other words, the county cannot inflate the value of a house as long as the owners are consistent more than 2%. So if the economy rages and yeah. everything goes crazy and everything gets much more expensive, the, and, the, and the reason for that was so that the tax wouldn't increase They're insulated the from that. 
Right. But when you changed ownership, it would go to whatever the current assessment was. So they'd start over again and they just have that yeah. 2% increase. But the incentive was if you kept your house and you kept your, the value of your house, you would not go from a 2% assessment to a 10% the next year or a 15% or whatever they were doing. So it was a limitation right. on, on, on the tax increase per year on the assessment uh, of your house. So that was a really good thing, and that caused a lot of people to be able to buy and maintain houses. So, so, so overall, Prop 13 looks pretty good to me. Now, Prop 19, now how, is it, how is that different? Does that get rid of that 2% limitation? Uh, what, what does it do? Well, essentially, yeah, because uh, what happened was is that in Proposition 13, you could, you could hand over, you could, you could bequeath your properties, vacation, business, you know, home, to your children or grandchildren and not be reassessed. And hmm. proposition, uh, so Proposition 19 corrected that and said, nope, you know, it's, it's, it's going to start at a million dollars. So anything over a million dollars gets reassessed unless the one property, uh, unless you pick one property and you live in it and you reside in it, then hmm. there's no reassessment, Okay. So that's and Mike and that Mike Netta was saying no, you know everything gets reassessed now, and he was wrong. Anything over a million dollars gets reassessed, and incidentally, that that million dollars thing is also uh, movable too. That's based mm -hmm. on the California Housing Price Index, so that's going to be that's adjustable too. It adjusts automatically based on how that number turns out. But uh, it was just another thing of just kind of creating this uh, wedge divide between, you know, working class people and trying to make them think that conservative politics have the answers to their prayers, which is ridiculous. Um, and Not necessarily. Just, basically, <laughs> I, I well, yeah, okay, that, that, sorry, that was maybe, that that was maybe a little yeah. inflammatory. No, it's okay. No, um, you can say it. You can be inflammatory. I don't mind. But the, well, what's, what's more appropriate thing is, is that this kind of like this, this narrative that the rich try to do, like, you know, we're all in this together until we're not, right? You know, so, well, hey, I we're all in this yeah. together with taxes <laughs> we'll and like on that, that. Yeah. but, you know. Yeah, yeah so um, that's, that's what kind of annoyed me. Um, you know, we all take a little bit of editorial liberties when we do these things, but, you know, well, just kind of outright You're free to say whatever you want. I mean, you know, I, mean I don't expect yeah. you to, to agree or, or couch your language or hold back. You don't have to do that. That's not that's not what the show. Well, is about. I personally, I personally uh -huh. do try to like be truthful because you know uh -huh. I don't want to. Well, that, that I want people to believe what I say, or at least like you know think about yeah. it and re research it and verify it for themselves. Uh -huh. um, but you know, I don't want people to say, "Oh, she's just in the, she's just another wannabe netter," or the you know the no 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 no. I mean, listen, yeah. believe me. If you didn't have substance, if you didn't have a brain in your head, if you didn't have intelligent thoughts and and, and interesting perspectives and perceptions, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> it's just that simple. Yeah. So, you know, it's because of, of things that you are here, and this is why I really enjoy talking to you. Um, but the, the proposition is interesting, and I think uh, Proposition 13, I think a lot of people in California, because the property values increased so much. If you had, if you bought a house yeah. for $200,000, you know, 20 years ago, and now it's worth, you know, $2 million. Millions. You know, that, yeah. which, is, which is very possible. What goes up is your property tax. So the property tax that you geared for with your two hundred thousand dollar house, all of a sudden your property tax has you know multiplied many times over. So people couldn't afford the property tax on their own house. That's why Proposition Thirteen came about. So so whether you're liberal, progressive, conservative, or me, anti-federalist, it doesn't matter. It still amounts to the same thing. People had the taxes increase so much because of no fault of their own, their property value went up, which generally is a good thing. Now, if you want to increase the sales tax on that, I understand that once they sell it, 
or whoever buys it, you know, that's different because you're going into that knowing about it. But if you buy a property and yeah. through no fault of your own, all of a sudden it's worth, it goes from 200000 to $2 million. You know, it's got a, like a 10 times increase or however much that is. My math sucks. Um, people don't prepare for that. They don't think about it. So, so what Prop 13 did was allow people to stay in their homes because the assessed value, even if the actual value went up, you were only taxed on a 2% increase each year. And people, that, that's the rate of inflation. <laughs> that's not, you know, it's not a huge yeah, um, so no, burden 5% compared to COLA, you know, is, is proper yeah. COLA. Okay. So you're living below so, the COLA. You know, so why wouldn't why uh, wouldn't progressives support Proposition Thirteen, given that more people could keep their homes? We did. I was okay. one, my my half of my staff was involved in writing it. That's why I knew so much about it. <laughs> and, okay, well, that um, makes sense. I didn't know that. That's, that's good to know. Okay. So and it was also it was, there, was, there was also another provision in there too to like you know to help out with the fire victims too because they had to like. They were going to, right. you know, their property was destroyed and they had to relocate and all that other stuff. So uh-huh. it, was, it was meant to help them and seniors and people with disabilities. So they threw all that in there, too. So it's, it's, it's good legislation. It is. I, I think we both agree on that. Um, well, yeah, if you're modifying you Prop 13, you know, in a good way, that I, I, I'm sure I can support it. Yeah. Prop. But if, you, if you're – No, wait a minute. Prop Sorry. 19, wait, 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 wait. We're, what? I think we're getting confused. Prop 19 modifies Prop 13. That's what right. I was That's, talking about. Right, exactly. No, but what I'm saying is, I could. Yeah. I don't know Prop 19 well enough to know whether I can support it or not yet. That's why I'm, I'm asking the questions. Um, but it seems to me if it improves uh, Prop 13 well, in more passed. current condition, oh, it already passed. Okay, so then then it's probably yeah. you know. Uh, do you think it? They're, they're trying to get it repealed it, uh, based on the, on false information. That's what that's what. That's what uh, okay. Did it change the basic two percent uh, increase on on property tax assessment? For tax purposes? No, see, that's just, that's just, I just told it to you like two times, Craig. <laughs> okay, uh, well, but, you know, I should really, but everybody should understand it because it's important. Um, what, it, what it does is that there is an exemption in Proposition 13 that says you can bequeath anything, you, any real estate holdings you have to your children. And uh, it doesn't count as a sale. It doesn't get reassessed. Okay, so I did hear that. Okay. I remember, I remember you saying that. Okay, so here's the thing. Proposition 19 said, uh-uh, you're not, you, you're not using that loophole anymore. Okay. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna, any, they, you'll get reassessed. All the properties will get reassessed. Anything that's over a million dollars gets reassessed hmm. <clears throat> unless you live in it. If you, if you inherit it and you live in it, then, it, that, then you, are accept, you are exempted from that, and there will be no reassessment on that loan property. As long as you live in it, and make it your primary residence. Yeah. So, See, you know, I'm, not, I'm not a big believer in inheritance tax, so I might challenge that part. You're protected by Proposition 13, so you know. Right. You know. Okay. Um, so that's the big thing, and that uh, Netta was basically saying no, all the you know everything, including the place you live in, uh, gets uh, gets gets reassessed. And I was trying to correct him on that, but then that would okay. undermine so his no, uh, fear narrative. Yeah. So. This is complicated, you know, and like I say, because uh, I, yeah. I look at it from people that don't understand it, and in this case, me. <laughs> this is why I asked the question. All right. Yeah, so I'm sorry about that. It's, it's it okay, is complicated, it. no. and um, I know, but it's hey. it's good. It's it's a good thing, and um, okay. And Netta was trying to capitalize on a false narrative, which mm. bothered me. Yeah, um, well, good, because we're good, we're good all about we were all about taking down people like that, like Newsom, and uh, anyhow, so. Moving on to Israel here. Speaking of false uh-huh. narratives, uh, 
So there was a number of things going on that the, that the mainstream news wasn't really picking up on. Um, and I think this is what's causing a lot of the backlash, too, that we're seeing. You know, we, there's a lot of pro-Palestine rallies, you know, happening around, you know, in colleges, college campuses are happening here in the city. Um, just some things to, to kind of make people think a little bit here. One, mm -hmm. there is an immense amount of humanitarian aid that is being held up by Israel in Egypt, you know, at that border crossing there. That uh, it's been held up for, you know, like I think over a week now. Um, Egypt, the Egyptians are allowing people to fly in, all, you know, the countries to deliver humanitarian aid to their airport there and then truck it over to Does the border. So the Israelis are not letting them in. And uh, another thing to know. So. Uh, oh, sorry, Greg. Did you have a question? Yeah, no. Does Gaza have an airport? I don't think. Uh, I think it's all by sea and land, isn't it? Not, not, not one that you'd want to fly into. I would imagine. But not, <laughs> they're not even, get, they're not even flying up. into Israel. They're canceled. They, they've canceled flights into in, uh, Israel too. So they, you can't even yeah. fly in and out of Israel. It's, it, there's very limited flights. They want to make sure that you know no stray you know munitions. Oh, it's yeah. a plane, so yeah, so it's uh, it's got to go through you know these out outlying countries. Um, <clears throat> some people may not know that all Israeli citizens, men or women, have to serve in the military for about three years, starting at the age of eighteen, so eighteen mm -hmm. to twenty-one, and then after that, they go reserve until about the age of forty, and then there's even even then there's provisions to make it extended. So. Uh, when they talk about the ra the raid at the kibbutz, the kibbutz thing was essentially a raid, okay? And the last time I checked, there was not a lot of middle-aged people at a rave, right? So basically, these are people who are mostly active-duty uh, Israeli military, and if they're not active-duty, they're certainly reserved, all in one place and unarmed. So it was kind of just like, you know, take, shooting uh, fish in a barrel, so to speak, is probably a poor choice of words. But um, mm. no, I know what you mean. You know, and yeah. another, and then so yeah, you're talking about so the, it was, the concert. It's, it's so not. It's not the, quite yeah. as. It's not quite the way they're making it out. Like you know, it's just like, oh, these are totally innocent people and things like that. There's a there's another side to it. Um, and the other thing is too, when they talk about taking children, like babies and things like that. Well, if you're taking a mother hostage, uh, you know, somebody has to make the decision. Do you leave a, a baby lying on the ground in the middle of nowhere, and, and God know, which is probably a death sentence in and of itself, or does, do you allow the mother to bring it with you? And I think that's what's, you know, causing a lot of the other problems, too. <clears throat> uh, the other thing I wanted to uh, clear up, too, is that there's, I, I'm very sorry to repeat this. It's very, very nasty, but the, the beheading of, of children and things like that. You know, Hamas has taken credit for everything else, but they categorically deny that. And that gives them some credibility in my book. You know, if, if, if they're going to do what they did, they would probably just own up to it. And then that was later compounded by the fact that when the Israelis were approached about that, they said, well, we can't really confirm that. And they, they and they they asked him too. Is it would you do it? It's like no, we really really don't have time to do that now, which which kind of speaks volumes about what's going on. And um, and so the you know the thing is is that if Hamas did not do that, then that pretty much just leaves one other party. 
And, you know, in my book, that one other party is deserving of limited mercy. That, that is just a horrific thing. What's, what's the other party? Some, Who are you thinking of? Well, that would be Israel, right? You know, because if it wasn't Hamas, you know, unless there were like these, you know, marauding band of just terrorists, you know, <laughs> waiting for Hamas well, to do their thing and then like... Well, you know, was um, Hamas in control of all this? I mean, were there mercenaries? Here's what we don't know. We don't know if they're mercenaries. We don't know if Hezbollah was there. We don't know if ISIS was there. This sounds more like an ISIS thing. Beheadings was their thing. Um, so it's, yeah, that, that, that we is, don't that know. is their so, thing. Um, but so Gaza it seems like it was, it was seems like in that one raid in particular that Hamas was the, the, the sole um, militant, you know, uh, militant of aggression there. Well, um, here's what I'm the other curious thing, about. And, uh, there, and yeah, was that, there was that hit in the hospital where, where everybody's you know, pointing different fingers. At, uh, yeah, but that's, kill 500 people that's looking like um, a Hamas rocket that Look, went bad. They got videos of a rocket you know, going up and coming right back down again. You know, well, so that, they, that, the, what I thought I saw, I mean, I could be wrong about that, is uh-huh. um, uh, they, they showed like the aftermath of one of their rockets. And they said this is this is the kind of crater it leaves, and that it's not consistent with the kind of crater that you know that they're claiming that you know that, that should have been in the ho- in place of the hospital. Um, what I want to you know what I want to see is I want to see the, ro- the the rocket thermal plume trail, okay? And it, mm-hmm. there's no way intelligence agencies don't have at least one satellite tasked to that look. Part of the world right now. Oh, the cameras on so guys all the time. I mean, the, the night and some, day. Somebody cameras. caught that on there, yeah. and some, so it's going to show a rocket trail lifting off from one place and hitting another, and that's what what that's what we really need to see. And well, it's you know, been and shown. It, another right? incident too, stamp. like you know, you know there was a there was a Reuters stamp. team. Oh, sorry, Greg. Go ahead. That's okay. No, no. Uh, we both like to talk, which is kind of fun. Uh, but there was a—I haven't seen the timestamp, yeah. so I've seen the video, but I have not seen whether they've actually, you know, met the timestamp and the date stamp to the the time that the rocket hit. The you've got to match those up. Is this the rocket that hit yeah. at the same time as the the hospital, you know, exploded? So that's they have to really check that out. So there's a, there's a lot of questions. Well, we had an article. This is going to surprise you, Bonnie, and I were talking about this. I just found it before the show mm-hmm. that there may have been an Israeli stand down order to not go after these people because it's incomprehensible to me that this was an intelligence failure, that Israel didn't know. They've monitored every part of, of Gaza forever. You know, there are soldiers on every corner. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's another thing I wanted to bring up, too, is that, sure. you know, there's a lot of Jewish people who are, I, I consider, more enlightened whom the hypocrisy of coming to Israel basically as refugees of, World War, of the World War II Holocaust only to oppress another people, you know, that, that, you know, that hypocrisy was not lost on them. And there's a lot, there's a lot of pro-Palestine, pro-Palestinian rallies being organized by Israeli expatriates here in the United States, you know, for that, for yeah, that but reason they're saying, alone. They're saying you, gas the there's Jews another thing too, Greg, um, from, from sea to, you know, uh, is that the Netanyahu ahead. government is extremely mm-hmm. unpopular, hmm. okay, especially with his last court reforms. That caused all those, you know, riots and civil unrest in the street for weeks on end, protests. Uh, many of his, many, two of his chief, like cabinet people, uh, have been indicted on on some pretty serious crimes and managed to escape by it. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's probably a, a, more than a few people thinking to themselves, 
if this government was to be taken down a peg or two, not the worst thing in the world. Um, now, granted, this is a terrible price to pay. I don't think it would have. I don't. I don't think they anticipated being this bad. But yeah, I mean, I, intelligence failure. I, I don't see it. Hamas is pretty. Is I mean, they're organized, but they're not that organized. Um, well, someone so, taught them to fly those paragliders. You know, I want to know where the training ground was because I don't think there's a there's a Hamas paraglider club, you know, operating out of Gaza. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, what so, more, so what more had, than likely has happened is they've gone to like a foreign nation to do that. Like, you know, ah, yeah, they, they now would, let's find out who. Yeah. You know, in other words, do we have, you know, Ahmed's, you know, Iranian paragliding school? You know, I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, the, yeah. the Middle East is a big place and there's mm-hmm. a lot of there's a lot of hate for Israel. There's a lot of hate for the United mm-hmm. States. There's a lot of hate for Israel just because they're allied with the United States, regardless of what they stand for, what they're trying to do. And that's that's where Iran comes into the picture. Um, but so yeah, there's a lot of hate out there. Uh, for, so yeah, there's plenty of places for them to train and you know even get weapons and whatever they need to do. Oh, yeah. As a matter yeah. of fact, I mean, there's, even, there's Pakistan. There's, even there's found Afghanistan. Evident of, you know, yeah, there's, there's no end of people who hate the United States and would want to see mm-hmm. like their golden child, you know, take a yeah. take it in the short, yeah. so to speak. Well, let's. So, um, I want to talk about a couple of things. Other interesting things yeah. are happening here. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, don't go, don't, don't, wait, 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 wait. Okay. We, this, I want to back up a little bit here because uh, this is why you're on let's for now, back up so we can actually bit. explore some of these things. All right, so now I'm going to be a little controversial with you because my solution, very mm-hmm. simply, is what I call the one nation solution that Israel reincorporates uh, Gaza, the Golan Heights. I said we're going to disagree. That, that's okay. So, so to me, the solution is Israel reincorporates Gaza, the West Bank, um, and, and the Golan Heights, and that becomes Israel the way it was supposed to be. The original Balfour Declaration included Jordan. Now, I wouldn't do that. I'm not going to go that far, but Jordan's Jordan, Israel should be Israel, and you divide along the Jordan River. The West Bank is part of Israel. The, uh, the, the East Bank is Jordan, and that's how it should be. And, and so this is how I see it. Um, be, now, hold on. Just, let, me, let me just finish the whole thought here. Where, no, go ahead. I'm not interrupting you. Go ahead. Okay, good. Well, that's good. Yeah. And like I say, I mean, feel free to disagree. But as I see the, the Palestinians, there, there never was a nation of Palestine. It's not a country uh, and does not deserve to be a status for, for what I can see. These are Ottoman Turks originally who are refugees from World War I. So if anything, the, 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 the origin of Palestinians is Turkey. Which, which was the Ottoman Empire. And so the original Balfour Declaration called for a greater Israel of, I guess it was Sinai, current Israel, West Bank, et cetera, and Jordan. And then they, that got changed along the way. And I don't know exactly the history, but half of the Jordanians are Ottoman, Turk, refugee, Palestinians. That's where they come from. So to me, the, the logical solution is that Israel, which never should have given up Gaza in the first place, is that Gaza gets incorporated back in and people get a choice. You can you know, stay here and become part of, of Israel and live peacefully, as a lot of Arab Muslims do throughout Israel quite successfully. Yeah. Um, or yeah. or you know, if you're going to be a Hamas terrorist and you're going to kill people, then uh, we're going to send you to Jordan or Israel. You know, we'll just airdrop you in or something. Or you're going to go somewhere, but you're not going to stay in Israel. So that's my solution. So I don't. So that's the one-state solution. So folks that are calling for Palestinian statehood, which leads to you know getting rid of Israel. Wendy explained this really well the other day. And going back to Abraham, she had the biblical reasons for why why Islam considers the land to be Islam and why Judaism considers the land to be Jewish. Now, considering the all the other places that Palestinians could go, Jordan, Egypt, Syria, Lebanon, Saudi Arabia, there's a ton of places that uh, that these folks could go. They don't have to be in Israel if they're violent. 
But a lot of Muslims have decided, you know what, this place is pretty good. You know, they're Muslims in Jerusalem. They're, they're Muslims in Israel, doing quite well uh, because they like living under freedom. And so that's my solution. Um, but is Israel perfect in this? No. I, I'm curious about that stand-down. No. That seems to be really interesting. But just, no, they're, 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 no, no, they're, no, they're not innocent yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. But um, a comment on, on That's what makes Israel. it difficult. It's because yeah. both parties are pretty, you know, have their, have their, you know, black, their blackness to them. Um, oh, yeah. You know, I would say, I would think to myself, certainly there must be some sort of a financial, you know, settlement or, or compensation package that could be pre- prepared and proffered to, you know, get these, relocate, you know, people someplace else or, mm-hmm. you know, make people happy with the situation, whatever it may, whatever it may be, turn out to be, be it one state or two state and just end it, you know, once and for all. Because, you know, I, I'm personally, you know, I'm, I'm kind of fed up with the both of them. This, this kind of stuff has <laughs> yeah. been going on Very for annoying, like, yeah. you know, 40 years and, yeah. You know, this they did this and then they do that and then it, you know, it's a never ending tit for tat and um so uh yeah, and it's so some other some other weird things that are going on here. I don't know if you heard about the uh the Harvard students who got um the pro they issued a pro Palestine statement, this uh Harvard this student group at Harvard and now there's a bunch of Jewish CEOs who wanna know their names so they can blackball them. And well, my See, thinking that, was, yeah. why not just take it a step further and make them make them stitch little gold stars on their clothing, so then then we'll know who they are, right? But then, oh wait a minute, some asshole already tried that. So, well, <laughs> yeah, more than that. Just, no, no, but all right, let's let's explore this a little bit because here's here's what uh, yeah. what I see. Um, there there are folks that are protesting, and this is where progressives can really do a service to yourselves is to call it and say, stop saying gas the Jews. Stop saying, you know, one nation from, from sea to Jordan River. You know, because all this, they're calling for the, the assassination and elimination of the Jews and, and the elimination of Israel. That's not going to get anybody anywhere. Uh, and it, 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 no, you know, I, I completely agree, Greg. But you've, yeah. you've got to say it publicly. You've got to say we condemn this. And if, if conservatives or anti-federalists were doing the same thing, you know, gas the fill in the blank, I'd be screaming too. So you can't say that. You know, who the hell well, do you yeah, think you progressives, are? Progressives are categorically against any any real forms of violence and as certainly genocide. So yeah. yeah, on those on those two counts, you know we're we're in by default mm-hmm. for sure. But but it, it'd um, be nice to have an article on that or something that I could share or or someone or get on the news, you know, somehow some way and say, look, we condemn this action. That would be a, a good thing to do because you want to separate progressives that may have a disagreement with Israel and and you know condemn some things of Hamas, but you're not calling for the elimination of Israel and gassing the Jews again. That doesn't get anybody anywhere. We that, that you know we the, the asshole tried that as we said you know back earlier. But it really needs to be public because I don't want you associated with people, you know, as a progressive associated with people that are saying you know gas the Jews because that's not you and I know that's not you. But it would be yeah yeah that's I don't think that's to, any progressives really. But, but people a, need to know that because I don't want the perception to be that all progressives think that the Jews should be gassed like the Holocaust. That's what you got to get out there because who's the media focusing on? Just like they focus on the most radical idiot conservative at a rally and say, well, here's a Trump supporter that's uh, you know wearing a noose yeah. on his neck and wants it for you know whatever politician. You know they, every they time radical every time idiot. they do that. Yeah. Like all right. So but. Or like when they had the, the BLM protest, and it was like, you know, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. Remember when they were chanting that in Chicago, I think it was? That's what the media pick up on. Now, that's the extreme position, okay? But 
in this case, you've got to condemn the folks that are saying, you know, gas the Jews, do this kind of stuff, because that's not going to get anywhere. We're never going to have a, have a consensus. That, that's a block right there. Make sense? I, I think I said three times I agree with you. <laughs> okay, good. I, I'm on a roll. Uh, I get carried away yeah. sometimes. It's, you, know, it's, it's, it's you are on a roll. You're, you're on a hot streak. Yeah. Well, by sure. the time I get to you, I've already been talking for two hours to other people, like three others. So I'm just, you know. Yeah, you, I know. You, you got me in a serious disadvantage there. Yeah. I'm still, <laughs> we'll I'm still warm warming up, up my, my show. Do, yeah, yeah, do warm-ups. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what else you got? I think we've settled that one. Okay. Uh, so pretty, pretty um, yeah. 13... Thirteen of the uh, of the Israeli hostages were killed in the bombing of the um, Hamas facility. Wow! So, um, and that was that was to be expected, but they did it anyway. So, that's on Israel, really. Wait a minute, no. There is. But what if it's a Hamas rocket? So, is it an accident from Hamas? Is it purposeful? No, from no, Hamas? Not, no, 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 no. Different situation. We're not talking about the. We're not talking about the hospital thing. Okay. We're, we're talking about before that when um, you know. You know, after what was what, what was the day? What was the kibbutz thing? Was it Saturday or Sunday? It was Saturday. Um, so in in the ensuing you know counter or, or, or you know response to that when they were bombing and you know uh, the, the Gaza Strip, apparently um, Hamas had strategically uh, positioned their hostages at you know at known facilities and gave the israelis the heads up saying by the way if you bomb these facilities a good chance you're going to kill your own people and they did it anyway and 13 yeah, people so, died so then so then the question is was that an intelligence failure or was it purposeful you know did they just not believe hamas it's not hamas an intelligence not... failure they they told them okay they might have but here's the thing though if you're israel you first and hamas says hey we got a bunch of your hostages here you know and it's it's really uh, Hamas headquarters. You know, is that are they lying to protect the, the Hamas headquarters, or are they saying, look, you know, yeah, we got a conflict, but don't blow up your own people. You know, so so there's that's that's a good question. Well, my, my question. question is, my 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 question is response to that is, you know, is what's what's the rush? Because it looks like Hamas kind of just shot off their load in that in that opening salvo. And I think, you know, don't, I, I don't mean to be an apologist in any way or putting in words in anybody's mouth, but it seems to me that their strategy was take these hostages and then negotiate for some, you know, negotiate with Israel or I think they were trying to get people out of, you know, even the, out of the United States that they had in, uh, in jail over here. Um, negotiate for that and then... You know, but then Israel didn't want to have any part of that, and they just said, "No, we're just going straight to you know anger mode and just you know bombing the shit out of them." So, um, so yeah, my 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 question would be, what's the rush? What what you know? Well, I think these plans. All right. Well, so this goes to the stand down order. In other words, was did the Israeli government let? their own citizens be attacked and killed as a pretense for going in and taking Gaza, which is what they wanted to do anyway. I mean, the plans they have for taking Gaza are old. They've always been around for a while. The contingencies have been worked out a long time ago. They're preparing for an invasion. Now, I don't have a problem uh, with, with Israel taking back Gaza. I think they should. How they do it is an entirely different question. Yeah. And, and if this is the method the that they're doing, they? in other words, they want a world sympathy you know, for going in to take Gaza by kill, having their own people killed, I feel the same way about uh, Pearl Harbor which I am convinced FDR knew well, about see, ahead that's, of time. That's what I was talking about with the baby, right. with the, the beheading stuff. I think that okay. that was done by them. 
and you know to exp- to expedite what you're talking about. So yeah, I think huh. that there might be some traction of what you're saying, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, we got to look into it. I only saw the article this morning, but you know what it reminds me of? Uh, in Iraq, there was two things that were, that uh, the Bush, uh, you know, globalists tried to do to get us into the war. One was the lie of weapons of mass destruction. That was disproven. Weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah, it was a lie. We, you know, I knew it was a lie at the time. So come on, give me a break. Uh, the second thing that people have forgotten about: there was a woman who actually turned out to be a State Department employee that claimed to be Iraqi at the time, saying that uh, Saddam Hussein is taking babies out of incubators and throwing them on the floor. Do you, do you remember that? Remember when that happened? No, but that's God. Okay. I wish I hadn't heard of that now. I wish right, I could so, hear it. <laughs> but it's not true. It didn't happen, right? There's, there's yeah. no evidence of this whatsoever. Yeah. It's a lie. Okay. But it's interesting that the, 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 the corollary is babies, okay? Because who wants, to, who wants to hurt babies? What kind of cruel, inhuman monster would hurt babies, right? So when this woman who was, you know, attractive and young and, you know, and was a, it was a State Department liar, actually, um, for the Bush administration, got up there and in front of Congress. You could probably look up the video and said, oh, no, they're, they're yanking babies in incubators. They're leaving on the floor to die. You know, and it was it's a complete lie, right? And so it turned out to be a lie years later. Of course, after the war, it came out, right? But it's too late then. And we need to know then. And I wish someone in Congress had challenged it. But it's exactly the same thing. Now, I, I'm, I'm praying the babies weren't beheaded, but if they were, who and why? You know, and so that's a question. But that was one of the lies that no, got they us into the Iraq they war. Definitely were. It's just yeah. who did it is is, yeah. is the issue. That's what's sure. a terrible thing. I mean, even even to think like that, even to just conceive it, is 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 a sick mind beyond, you know, beyond compare. Really, mm-hmm. I I've I've traveled around the world. I've seen quite a few things. Maybe not you know everything there is to see, but. That that kind that kind of mental depraved mentality that you know even posthumously to do that is is a very very sick sick person and is like I said it before they're really just deserving of very limited mercy you know in whatever kind of you know agenda yeah. they're going for there's just no excuse for it. it's just the most disgusting thing you could really just do and it. Mm-hmm. But what about the person? Gotta, that, right, let's, let's move on to something else because yeah, that's. Yeah, I just think of the person that uses that lie. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. So what's, what else you got? Mm-hmm. Let's move on. So another couple of uh, things is uh, Israel gets three billion dollars a year from us in, in mm-hmm. military aid, for, particularly mm-hmm. for that Iron Dome project. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm you know progressives are not happy about that, and we're going to be we're going to be doing a lot of. Mo- you know, motions in Congress to there's not going to be any any aid that's going to be coming out. It's going to be humanitarian. You know, Ukraine, Israel. We're done with the war machine. So if you know, if Israel wants Israel does pretty well by itself. Okay, it's, it's, mm-hmm. um, so they don't really yes, need our our help. Yeah. They yeah. can buy it. You know why they get three billion? We'll sell it to them at market rate. Yeah, but we're yeah. not going to give it why, to them. Um, yeah. Do you know why they get three billion? Though? And just in, just to interrupt again. Uh, Go ahead. Um, this this ought to be good. Well, no, it's the Camp David Accords. It was no, it was, I, be- I believe it. I just, I just, I just want to hear it. But yeah, no, it's Camp Jimmy Carter, Menachem Begin, and Anwar Sadat when they sat down for the Camp David Accords. Um, you know, they gave Israel three billion dollars in aid, and and Egypt said, well, we want three billion dollars, three billion dollars too. So Egypt gets the same three point seven billion that is that Israel gets. That was the, that was the Camp David Accord. Well, why not? Why not for Gaza then? 
So don't they have just just as much you know right to safety and uh, security as as those other nations? Well, you know my answer. I mean, I, would say, I want Israel to reincorporate Gaza back in. <laughs> so I, I would say no. Um, but as for the yeah, people, well, the no, Palestinians uh, who live there might say differently. Um, well, I'm sure but, they will. But you know, again, choice, I, I think there's a financial solution to be had. Like you know, because it, okay. it's it's not like it's it, this is like glorious real estate. Okay, it's basically an arid desert. It's a nasty arid desert. It's like Bakersfield. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> God, you know, seriously, well, it's know. like if, if you're ever going to like San, you know San Bernardino, like out near the mountains, it's just like that. It's just you know nothing to write home about and. And it, and you and you broil most of the year, so um, mm-hmm. you know there, there's got to be some comp to a, a temporary climate or just you know some kind of money or package that, that they can be given to settle this whole matter once and for all. Just yeah, that's the American go. way, right? You know, assimilate you know, or go. write write a check. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, well, so uh, yeah. uh, and you know, there's there's something to be said too about like if your nation has like bomb shelters in every building and panic rooms at every corner uh, of of the hallway, you know, you're, you're not completely like unprepared for something like this too. Mm-hmm. You know, that goes back to the intelligence thing that we're talking about. Like, mm-hmm. you know, these people were just kind of gunning for something for a long time. It, it, to me, it reflects more of like a guilty conscience. You know, if you're if you're a good neighbor, then you really don't need like you know they say good fences make good neighbors. I say good neighbors make good neighbors. Um, and maybe you don't need to worry about the fencing and the panic rooms as much. But uh, you know, something I that we all need to take away from this experience is that we've all seen just this massive media saturation, this totally one-sided narrative. You know. Um, that just proves beyond a reasonable doubt that our media has just been completely co-opted and has become nothing more than a clarion of propaganda. Uh, you know, for, for them to not even attempt to, to try an alternative narrative, the only people who's talking about Gaza or Palestine is Al Jazeera, ironically owned by Disney. Um, <clears throat> No, it's, it's, it's Everything from, from Qatar. It's Qatar media. So, is it owned by Disney now? Al Jazeera? That, that'd be yeah, nice it was, to me. It was, it was, it's based in Qatar, but it was ABC bought it out, and ABC's owned by Disney. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I'll, I'll check out Al Jazeera because yeah, a lot is. of times I'll post their stuff on our international, uh, international news thing. Okay. All right. But, you mentioned um, something too. All right, go ahead. And unfortunately, also, it kind of like gives rise to the next question is okay, well, it. If our media is being run by some sort of a cabal, then who? And it unfortunately kind of gives rise to this kind of old urban myth about, you know, the Jews controlling Hollywood and the media and everything like that, which, mm-hmm. you know, I, I still I just still don't think it's the case. I think it's just, you know, just a kind of a deep state uniparty thing. The, the same kind of, you know, ridiculous well, nonsense is trying to make us it's, it's, it's swallow like the, the Ukraine. In Germany, you know, the Jews control everything. We have to get rid of them. It's the same thing. You know, are there Jewish Oh, that's another of, thing. Of I think Hollywood thanks, movies. Thanks, yeah. Thanks but, a bunch for that, Greg. So what? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, the Germans are actually banning pro-Palestinian protests. How's that for you? Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I disagree that, that, with the, the pro-Palestinian protests. I thought that would make more hay with them. you. Was that again? Um, but I thought that would get more hay from you, but uh, but okay, the well, Germans you know, I, are I, I, banning yeah. protests. 
Yeah. Unless no, they're Israeli. I mean, unless you're... Uh, that's the, the, yeah, the, well, Germany has an interesting tradition when it comes to civil rights. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, a, that's sort of a long-established pattern there. Um, but no, I, I would know, not ban right? the protest. I, yeah, no, but see, see I, my solution to speech you don't like is speech you do like. So, you know, pro, sit yeah. your, your own protest. Have a pro-Israeli. Uh, you know, I would not, I disagree. Obviously my solution is, is the one nation solution. I've already mentioned that a few times, you know, but would I stop people from, yeah. from, uh, protesting? No. And when they say, you know, gas the Jews, would I ban them from saying that? No. And I want to understand who these people are. But what I would say is you, you're wrong. <laughs> you're absolutely wrong. You're inciting a Holocaust again. Don't do that. You know, but that, but I would not stop them from speaking. See, that's the difference. And people don't understand the, the right of free speech. We're trying, actually, we're talking about that with Wendy. You know, how it comes from scripture. And so the right of free speech it goes back a long way. Governments have always done that because they don't want people speaking. But people confuse actions mm-hmm. with rights. A right is something that you have that the government can't touch, that they are prohibited from going after. Now, once you exercise something, once you take an action, then it becomes different. So in other words, if your action is, um, you know, the, if you, you have the right. So in other words, these people like Skokie. Remember when the, when the, uh, the ACLU defended the Nazis' right to march in Skokie? That was back in the 80s, I think. Do you remember that? Yeah, I was born in 91, dude. you got to help me out. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, I'm, you know, hey, I'm turning 64 tomorrow, so you can call me up and sing when I'm 64. So that's, uh, so feel free. <laughs> so I've been around for a little bit. Oh, happy anyway. birthday. Well, thank you. But you got to sing when I'm 64. You can't sing happy birthday. This is the only one you have to do that. Anyway, uh, the point being okay. that the, the, the ACLU, which was funded and, and uh, a lot of uh, Jewish lawyers were part of the ACLU, went to and got a lot of criticism. There were Jewish lawyers defending the Nazis marching in Skokie, Illinois, caused a huge controversy within the ACLU and within the Jewish community. And they said, look, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to stop these people from speaking, what if they want to stop us from speaking? So they recognize that the right of free speech is absolute. The government cannot touch ahead of time your right to speak. Now, depending on what you say, that's different because there's still laws that govern actual speech. Once you said something, libel, slander, you know, threatening a public official, things like that. So when they say gas Jews, that's a horrible thing to say. It reminds me of the Holocaust. But if they said, you know, we, we want to kill this particular person on this day, on this time, now you threaten a public official. If it's a public official, now you've, you've crossed over. You've crossed that line into an illegal area having spoken that, but you can't be stopped ahead of time. So, so that's how I feel. So, so people that want to be pro-Palestinian in March, absolute right to do that. Sure, go ahead. Yeah. Not a problem. I just disagree completely. You know, so that's how I come down on that. Anyway, yeah, it was just it was just interesting for them to do that of all people. Um, well, uh, that would be interesting if anybody. Yeah, I, I, I think the, the, rallies in Israel? the Jewish mm-hmm. anti-defamation people have gone a little bit off the rails too. Um, Tell me why. In Tell that, you know, I, I think what they're what they're doing is kind of a an almost self-fulfilling prophecy by just making a big deal out of something. Like there was a couple of cases in the news about like some kids, you know, spray painting a swastika on the side of a school or something like that. And, you know, in my day, that wouldn't have been on the news at all. You know, it would just be something that was unpleasant at the school. There might be a meeting about it. And and then, they, you know, the janitor would paint over it or something like that. But the thing is, is when you make a big deal out of it, you, you, know, you get a bunch of news cameras down there and you get a bunch of, you know, guy, you know, a, you know anti-defamation people kind of, you know, doing these, you know, crocodile tears on TV it just gives them more of an incentive to do it again because it's like, you know, if you're, if you're kids, you're trying to get a rise out of people. It's why we started hacking computers, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it was the same, it was the same well, idea. Well, listen, my website hacking, gets you know, get a rise out of adults. Yeah, but the, um, they're trying so, to shut me down. <laughs> That's a different kind of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's just I, I would my advice to any any people of you know Jewish origins, you know, just take some things with a grain of salt, you know, because if you if you try to make it you know big deal, it could it could kind of spiral out of control a little bit, you know, because kids are kids are looking for attention, they you know got nothing to do. I mean, they, these are the same group of kids who like you know carve boners in desks and things like that, and so. Hmm. You know, it's just like yeah. if they get caught, they go to attention and, you know, they, you know, maybe pay for a new desk or something like that. But, uh, you know, to, to do it on the, you know, to have like a whole newscast about it. And I mean, granted, you know, our, our media has just gone to the toilet as we, as we've established previously, but, uh, you know, for the Jewish, you know, anti-decimation leagues, you know, I, I would concentrate on actual acts of violence, not so much, you know, possibilities of violence. Or even oh yeah, like that's, that's called prior restraint. You know, prior restraint yeah, is, I mean, is unconstitutional. You you can't arrest people for what you think they might do in the future. Maybe and that's what the the movie Minority Report was all about. That's what rights are. Rights. The whole purpose of rights is so the government doesn't preempt action against you. Called prior restraint. So all of gun control is prior restraint. That's why it's unconstitutional. You know, a red flag laws, seizing property. You can't seize property without a conviction. You can't restrain people from what you think they might do. You know, you can't ban people from protesting because they might say something. They might say something illegal. You know, uh, so you can't do that. And so this is this word becomes very clear. Do you? We've got about ten, eleven minutes left here. Um, yeah, I got some. Other, uh, I got some other stuff. Let's go. Let's move I, on because I, um, I want to make sure we get it covered. Yeah. No, because now, now uh, we talked about the, 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 you know, the the adult sad stuff. Let's talk about some funny things. Um, oh, good. So. Um, here in San Francisco, that's how I like to close out the, the program, you know, just um, mm-hmm. on a nice note. Or, yeah. <laughs> these are all crimes, but they're kind of funny. Um, so this, <laughs> the San Francisco district attorney, <laughs> you know, uh, conduct, conducts the, uh, con- has conducted the great Lululemon heist bust of 2023. Oh, no. Apparently, some people made off with $15,000 in Lululemon stretch pants that comes <laughs> out to, that's just, now, when I say fifteen thousand dollars, you're probably thinking of a truckload, right? It's no, that's, that's more expensive. Of a box load. Oh, jeez, yeah, really? There's a there are, there are hundred. They're talk, we're talking about one hundred and thirty-six pairs of pants here, which comes out to you know about one hundred and ten dollars each. You know, wow. and my, my response is it, so clearly she's not prosecuting on the price gouging of charging one hundred and ten dollars for spandex pants. <laughs> that part she's letting slide, you know. Um, so yeah, she, we they busted the uh, the great Lululemon heist here in San Francisco. I don't think people know Lululemon uh, is all over the country, and certainly not around the world. Like I don't think they have it in Cuba, which listens to us. It's, so, it's popular so, with ladies, you know, like right. those leggings that we all wear. Okay. Great, great. Lululemon leggings. Off. A lot of alliteration going on there. Yeah. Um, what did you say? Yeah. Her? Was it last bit? What's that? You mentioned something. I think I interrupted you again. We we tend to do that. No, no. It's just uh, there's you know they're they're the leggings that you see like these soccer moms always kind of strutting around in. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, doing their thing. So um, yeah, so that's apparently those uh, those those 136 pairs of pants are safe and sound. Back but don't they have like those, those clip-on security And it's interesting things? to note, too, that no, um, I guess they don't. Oh, they have, Lululemon has uh, their own retail outlets. Um, right. I think they might also sell, you know, to department stores. But 
they have their own outlet and it is in San Francisco they're always guarded by like an off duty cop in his uniform you know with a gun so <laughs> apparently you know they've been sending out signals for a while that there's some serious uh, scratch to be had now what's uh, this? this who's this, guarded again I got distracted for a second. Say it, that again. I'm sorry. The Lululemon, the Lulu, the Lululemon stores in San Francisco, at least the downtown ones, are right. guarded with by an armed SFPD. Off, he's off duty, or he's um, he's they. Well, you've got a looting problem. I think problem. it's done through a, a weird program where they yeah. where they buy them for like a thousand dollars a day or something like that. Oh, and um, well, they lost but, fifty thousand know, dollars. He's wearing in one his box, uniform so. and he's armed. Yeah. yeah. So. The, and he's sitting outside of a clothing store, which is, you know, you know, makes me, you know, makes me crazy. Well, listen, um, let's talk about the looting for this, just a couple of minutes here, because this is this is okay, quite fascinating sure. to, to those around the country. We're looking at all this happening, and we're thinking, you know, uh, I don't know what the I know employers are saying, don't stop the looters, you know, let them take your stuff because you, you don't want to be endangered. You don't want, and they don't want the liability. They don't want yeah. the liability of hurting the criminal. It's a smart right? move. Who's, it's who's not, not your stuff, stuff, not your problem. Yeah, not well, except stuff, that it raises. Don't yeah, don't risk your a, life over it. Right, but it it raises the it raises the cost for everybody else, and it causes businesses to close down. They're leaving. What's going on in Union Square right now? I mean, how many businesses are boarded up? Is, is Gump still there? That's that's, uh, that's that's a good point. That's a good question, Greg. Uh, about yeah. uh, currently, downtown San Francisco has a vacancy rate of over thirty percent. So wow. about one in every three storefronts. In, San, in Union Square, I think it's actually a little bit higher than that. Is boarded up. The the Express Store is closing. The H and M store closed. Uh, uh, the the high end one has been managed. <laughs> yeah, but needless markup. Yeah. used to call Neiman Marcus. Yeah. New, yeah, Neiman Marcus is still uh, doing, but they but they they got hit once too. Um, hmm. And it's and it's the same mo. They like, they get like an SUV or something like that. And they just drive it straight, or they back it straight in there at full speed. Crash through their through security the gate. Through the windows? Yeah, through, through, the, through the window or door. You know, if the door has like one of those security gates, you know, that really? comes down, car, cars just bash right through them, you know. Wow. Uh, I always thought it was like at the White House where those things are like made of like, you know, three inches of iron or something. I mean, it takes an Abram tank to bring them down. But no, apparently they're kind of flimsy and they can't, they can withstand, they can't withstand Detroit's finest apparently. Huh. So uh, another American another funny steel, thing along those American lines steel. is yeah we got an American truck American steel yeah sorry anyway go ahead American steel <laughs> just forty bu- forty bucks of American steel just smash right through your through your store <laughs> there and took you for your Lululemon leggings fifteen thousand dollars score Jeez. almost got away with it another 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 hilarious heist here another same mo smashing into the Dior store. In Union Square, making off with two hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars in merchandise. You want to know what kind of volume we're talking about, Greg? For what was the store called? Dior. Dior. Okay, so that's Christian Dior, the designer, right? So we're talking high-end yeah. fashion. Okay. Yeah. Tell me. So we're talking only thirty purses. What? They call them luxury bags. How much? Bags. Thirty. Two hundred seventy-five thousand. Thirty. Yeah. All right, I got a calculator here. Hang yeah. On. This is. I'm curious. Wait a minute. Let's let's let's. So we got. You don't want to, You don't want to follow that money. It's going to make you sad. So two hundred fifty thousand. Was it two seventy five or two fifty? Two hundred seventy 
$275,000. That's what Dior said. $275,000 divided by 30. Oh, God. $9,166 per purse? $9,000? No. Yeah, somewhere a terrorist is hearing that and going, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take America down. These guys are too obnoxious. Ten thousand um, dollar purse. So anyhow, but now, wait a minute. If someone, what what would make a purse worth ten thousand dollars to somebody? Nothing. That's the thing. I mean, you know, maybe like a couple hundred dollars, few hundred dollars for like quality leather and stitching. But anything right. beyond that is just, you know, marketing, really. But somebody's um, buying them. Somebody's buying them because somebody wants to show off that they're better than somebody else. So uh, uh, apparently, uh, a, huh? So, so they smash it, they grab it, and they get it. They make a clean getaway. Cops are nowhere to be found. You know how they got caught? Oh. You want to hear how they got caught? Oh, I can't wait. Apparently, apparently the, the geniuses behind this heist, their getaway plan was to drive onto the Bay Bridge during morning rush hour. <laughs> and got, <laughs> I'm not making this up. This is what happened. And... Uh, <laughs> And then by that time, you know, San Francisco's elite Keystone cop squad who were not falling ass backwards in the highest towards the country with the Scooby-Doo gang and the mystery machine, but ass backwards in a situation. And we're chasing these guys out of their car and down that Rincon Hill, you know, that hill that like, you know, on ramps oh, yeah, to really the Bay steep. Bridge. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, so they were sliding down that hill with as many purses as they could carry and the Keystone cops right behind them. <laughs> well, you that's know, how they it, got busted. Because <laughs> they're idiots. I wanted them to get away with it. Like I was like, it's like score. You got a highest get. A, you know, make your getaway, man. You're home. You're home free. And then you drive under the Bay Bridge. What? What did you like? You know, the only thing more stupider than that would be like stopping for McDonald's at the drive-through or something like yes, that. Yes. Yeah. Um, or paying your toll, or you know, or <laughs> some of the other weird things. Like, yeah. But you know, but this is but it's interesting. You know, the, the whole, I mean, criminals are not the brightest people in the world. We know that. But th- what they should have done is stolen it on like a Friday. What's that group that, that blocks the Bay Bridge at once a Friday, every, uh, every Friday? Oh, Critical Mass. Critical Mass. That's right. Yeah. Critical Mass. So it's, they should have done yeah. coordinating with Critical Mass, right, to to let them through, you know, right as they get to the bridge and then close it up again with with a bicycle, you know, fence, you know. But uh, I mean, that's how I do it. But uh, but that's Greg, the, that's the, diabolical. Well, I, I talk about it. I don't do it. But it. Wouldn't that be funny, though? I didn't you know, say it was bunch... bad. I said it's just diabolical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, higher, higher critical. Are they still doing that, by the way? I don't think so. I think they, they've run out of gas, and they pretty much got okay, what they good. wanted anyway. So they got bike lanes all over the city, which is now causing another problem because now the businesses can't get they, Nobody can park anywhere. So yeah. That was just on the news this morning, too. Um, Interesting. Yeah, they, they, and and yeah, and these lanes are not like being done so great, and the streets are unpaved, so it's just murder on your bike. It's just the whole thing up here. But Matt, you know, it's like the thing is, is like you know, there's the there's the old saying, "Why do people rob banks?" Right? Because that's where I the know money why. is. That's where the money is. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> it's in the Dior store for the for the tidy sum of like thirty handbags. You know, you just have to have a good getaway plan. <laughs> Well, but it's interesting. Now, what are they, where are they going to sell those? Obviously, they have Christian Dior written all over them. That's the whole point of buying one. It's like the Louis Vuitton bags. Yeah. You know, people wanted Louis Vuitton. They can sell them anywhere. Most yeah, of them the sell it on eBay. Most of them oh. sell it on eBay. But that's, um, that's yeah, dumb. Just that easy. That's traceable. Well, you know, yeah. Brand so new. The, the, like new. Stolen yesterday. You know, your brand new Christian Dior bag. 
that's hysterical. Well, they might they might hang on to him for a while too, like kind of the heat tells. And it would, obviously, it would be you know smart to like sell it in a different market. Like you know, if you steal them from San Francisco, you know, don't sell them in San Jose. Sell them in Chicago or Japan or something like that. Sell in um, Chinatown. Mm. <laughs> Let them sell so, for, yeah. do, do a cash deal. Yeah, do a cash deals in Chinatown. Yeah, where you can find all kinds do, of do knockoffs. <laughs> yeah, your Rolex watches for twenty five yeah. bucks. Yeah, right. Okay, sure. But this need to be real. Twenty five dollar Rolex for you. So. Uh, oh. So, so, so if you're a criminal listening to this, don't think about robbing banks anymore. That's stupid. You know, hit the Dior store, get your thirty luxury handbags. Well, and, think about that though. And if, if you got time, hit the Lululemon for some. Exactly, some but you know, yeah. what they're doing is they're stealing very high-end things that are easily transportable. They're light because they're clothing. Yeah. They're portable. So there, there's some thought that went into this. You know, they're not stealing. Yeah. Uh, exor- they're not stealing exercise bicycles. Okay. That's, that's not California stealing. for you, Greg. We make a higher class of criminal out here too. <laughs> but it's so detrimental to the city. You know, I worry about. San, I, I love San Francisco. You know, what's happened to it is is horrible. But I just imagine boards all over these things. For those who don't know Union Square, Union Square is an incredible place. You've got a statue yeah. of Commodore Dewey in the center of Union Square. You know, when he, he became Admiral Dewey eventually, but he was there, Manila Bay in the Philippines. You know, so you've got that statue there. You've got these gorgeous hotels. You've got the Mark, uh, no, is the Mark Harper? No, it's not the Mark Harper. What's the one, what's the big hotel right there at Union Square? St. Francis. Thank you, St. Francis. Francis. Gorgeous hotel. Yeah. You know, classic. Uh, and you've got these amazing stores. You know, I think the, the, the Mac store is there, but you've got Neiman Marcus and some of these other. And Gump's used to be a, a, a fabulous tradition. So if you ever see a movie, if, have you ever watched They're um, going out of, they're thinking about going under too, and they're blaming them. Oh. This is so crazy. Well, if you if you want to get a good view of San Francisco for contrast, uh, a good film to watch is Bullet because it shows you the old Embarcadero Freeway, which is the ugliest freeway on the planet. Uh, the earthquake uh, basically oh, yeah. caused that one to be taken down. But there's another one, um, Vertigo. That's the the end of, They're celebrating the anniversary too. Of the of the other earthquake. It's which like, which anniversary is it? The, the Loma Prieta earthquake, the one that yeah, no, I was down there. The, uh, the, I was in it. The Cypress you Express Highway. Yeah. Right. Um. But the other, uh, they're saying, you know, they're doing like earthquake awareness and all this other stuff. But they're, apparently the anniversary is this week or something like that. But yeah. So it was 80, it was uh, 89 was the earthquake and this is 23. So it is, a, I don't know what that would be. 20, it's not the 25th, is it? I guess it might be the 25th anniversary. No. I don't know. Well, I whatever don't it is. Okay, that. fine. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I'll tell you, well here's, some, here's some trivia for you. Uh, I was in flight school at the time. And I was supposed to be under the Cypress structure at five o'clock because I went to flight school, which was in Oakland. I was living in San Francisco. So I used to drive under the Cypress structure all the time. The day of the earthquake, they called me up and said, your plane's down for maintenance. We don't have another one. Take the day off. That was the Tuesday that the earthquake struck. So the reason I wasn't under the Cypress structure at that time, like I was every other day of the week, was because a plane was down for maintenance. You got scrubbed. So, so, so exactly. So talk about divine intervention. The other thing that was interesting is, do you remember the, 20, the 50th anniversary of the Golden Gate Bridge when 800,000 people were, were sitting on that bridge? Did you ever see that story or see the pictures? No, it happened. Okay, so the 50th anniversary um, would have been, I don't know when it was. Cause it was, it was that would like be 85. 85, okay. 85. So I was there. Yeah. I was there in the middle with those, you know, 800,000 people on, on the Golden Gate Bridge. And I'm here to tell you, that bridge creaked and groaned and made all kinds of horrendous noises. It was, it was in a very interesting situation. So I, I, I seem to be, find myself in the center of major San Francisco events, the earthquake, the bridge, you know, all this other stuff going on. So, yeah, yeah interesting. Okay. 
can be a dangerous town sometimes. No, but you know, but it, it was such a beautiful fire. place. Anyway, watch Vertigo. Watch Vertigo with Jimmy Stewart. You know, and you see all these that scenes is, that in is San Francisco. Yeah, but you got you know, and the the saying is that you know San Francisco was a better town when men wore hats and women wore gloves. You know, because they had the white gloves. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that because I got there in the eighties. It was fabulous. I had a wonderful time. But you need to get San Francisco back. You know, you need to uh, you need to rebuild, redo, re- revitalize. What? You know, make it. You need to have like a middle class here and you yeah. need to have like a lower class too. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like poor, poor people who like, you know, create art and, you know, do colorful mm-hmm. things and, you know, the, the businesses that support them, you know, I, yeah. I would hate for them to shut down the nudie bars on Broadway. <laughs> I'm just wondering when well, they're going to hit those part guys, of the city. you know. You got the nudie bars next it's to part the, of the city, section, but you know, it's like a lot of things are part of the city and they, they seem to have no problem, like, you know, bringing the, you know, shoving them out. Um, so, um, yeah, well, I, I agree with you. You know, but yeah. the thing that makes a city colorful is you know a diverse group of people. And if you all you have are a bunch of dot douches, you know, running around in their three million dollar houses that they're trying to avoid paying Prop 19 taxes on, right. then uh, you you don't have much of a city. You just have some sort of a cabal collective. I don't know. Um, yeah, so, I remember, yeah. And, and the festivals were fabulous. You know, I remember Halloween got canceled because out of uh, out of the city, people were coming in and getting violent. So I understand, you know, stopping that problem immediately. I don't condone that at all. Yeah. But they need to bring back the Halloween festival. I mean, the best drag queens in the world, you know, bar none, <laughs> were in the Castro during Halloween. Uh, I mean, the, the festivals were unbelievable, and it was fun to be at to, to oh, be yeah. part of that. Um, uh, so, so this festival, but I remember San Francisco being festivals. I remember the street fairs, you know, in, uh, in the Italian section, uh, North beach. I don't know if they still do those. They close off everything except uh, Columbus Avenue and you'd have like bands, you know, on three different corners and you'd have these, the entire place was like one big festival uh, in the summertime. But those are the things that make San Francisco Yeah, they, they still do the North beach festival. Still North beach. Okay. So that's good. You know, yeah, uh, and, and there's so many of those, but you got such great neighborhoods. They should do festivals out in, you should have like a Russian festival out in the, the Richmond district, for example. There should be yeah. uh, a, an Armenian festival. This might be a way, actually, this might be a way to get San Francisco back. Folks don't know when they hear about, you know, rice being the San Francisco treat. That's actually true. It's an Armenian family recipe. That's where it came from. And there's a whole Armenian community in the, the, the Rincon Hill, the south of Market, that whole corner. I forgot what that's called, but uh, that's where it came from. That's Rincon that's, Hill. Know, Okay, so that area is Armenian, a lot of. That's you know, the folks that called. came there after the, yeah. the genocide in Turkey in, in uh, 1915. You know, and so this San Francisco is such a rich city. You've got Balmy Avenue. You've got the most beautiful street of murals. And there's two of them. Balmy and there's another one in the Mission District. Yeah, you've got Cinco de Mayo, but there should be an art festival on Balmy Avenue or thereabouts. Yeah, no, I know. Another one you're talking, it's an alleyway, is what you're thinking Yeah, of, it's an alley. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, yeah, I drive down my, my tour vehicles um, when, it, when it wasn't crowded. Then now, you can't crowded, drive do down the alley. I mean, yeah, you can. I, mean, I did. I I'm a late passenger bus. I could do it. I was good. No, it's, it's pretty narrow. It's pretty narrow. Sure yeah, it was narrow. It was like two feet on either side, but, you know, I did it. <laughs> it's on, yeah, it's on Valencia and I think between 17th and 18th or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, but the middle class is right there. No but, city. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. What kind of overtime? Here? No, I, I, I gotta I gotta wrap it up here. Um, okay. I, I, we'll reminisce I, later. Yeah, I ended on those nice hokey stories, you know, and um, yeah, no, it's fun. So uh, yeah, same same bat channel, same bat time next week. <laughs> exactly. Give your information. Let's uh, let's make sure we get your contact information, and then we'll do it next week. 
Okay. Okay. So uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook at the Real Progressive Report, or you can uh, find my campaign site at BiancaForSanFrancisco.org. We're we're gaining a lot of steam. Uh, our YouTube is blowing up with uh, all the videos we're posting about educating people. So check out our YouTube channel, Bianca for San Francisco. If you want to end Pelosi for good, send us a donation, Bianca for San Francisco. You might want to rephrase that. (laughs) End Pelosi's political career. Politically end her. (laughs) Yeah, politically end her. Not, not, you know, physically. I know. Um, That's why I'm I'm here to help. I'm sure God will do that in time, uh, or Satan probably. Whoever wants her the most, I'm thinking it's Satan. Anyhow, uh, good, good, good being back. I'll, uh, I'll see you guys next week. Yeah, this is this is fascinating. Like I say, uh, you know, I really love our chats because we we cover so much ground. But feel free to do reports on your campaign too. So if you want to take some of your report and say, here's where we stand now, here's what we need donation stuff. I mean, feel free. I mean, that, that's fair game as far as I'm concerned because I'm interested because you know who we're else trying is to. But the, the thing is, the city keeps the city keeps cranking out nonsense that just just warrants getting out there. So. No report right here. Report right here and put it on your yeah. podcast. So that you, you can, no, you know, I, I know. I know. I'm saying it's like the city keeps cranking out this wacky stuff, like you know the Dior robbery and stuff. It's like we got to talk about this. Well, that's you know? true. But yeah, well, you can do that. I want to. I want we're that. We're definitely going to hear about the campaign, especially as things yep. ca- uh, get catchy. We're going to be doing good. They have me on tour for a little bit too. You know, meeting with mm-hmm. some uh, fundraisers. So it's going to be a yeah. lot of interesting things coming up. Uh, yeah, if you're going to miss a week, just let me know. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're unveiling a new campaign called Harry Sent Me. You guys should watch out for it. It's gonna be good. You Harry Britt, like right? You know, Ruth sent Harry Britt, yeah. Harry Britt okay. sent me from the Interesting. Beyond the Grave. So all that and more on the coming episodes of the Progressive Report. And I am out of here. Been good. Well, Thank you. Thanks, Bianca. We'll talk next week. Appreciate it. All right, there we go. So yeah, this is Wednesdays are incredible around here, but just because we have uh uh Great reports and a variety um, from from all over the place. We've got Bill Fecky with his political report, Wendy with the Oh My God report, Bonnie with the B word, you know, all the intense news stuff that we do, and the progressive report with Bianca. So, I mean, you're never going to find that kind of variety anywhere else that I know of. Um, and, again, disagreement, not a problem. You know, that's why we discuss the things that we discuss. Anyway, um, Greg Fenglis here. That's me. And I'll be back tomorrow, 7 a.m. Central Time. The whole show, we have, we have nothing scheduled tomorrow. So I've got three hours. So I'll probably see if I can get one of my WEBY classic interviews because uh, those are always interesting, especially in retrospect. Uh, last week I did the one with uh, uh, the, my last hour on WEBY. Uh, and it was my Friday the 13th show, which I actually did on the 12th because the 13th I was booked up with all, all these other folks that uh, I was talking to. But um, that, was, that was interesting. So I played, and my last guest was Ron DeSantis. And so that's what makes that kind of fun. So this week, don't know. Tomorrow's my birthday show. <laughs> Nothing scheduled. So y'all can call up and uh, sing when I'm 64 because tomorrow's my 64th birthday. And uh, I'm feeling great. Love it. No medicine, you know, yeah. a little vitamin D maybe. Um, other than that, you know, uh, looking forward to, to many great years of radio, you know, God willing. And uh, was it the creek don't rise? <laughs> you know, meaning the creek tribe, not the actual water. Um, but it's going to be interesting. All right. Thank you all for listening. Please share the show. And uh, I will be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time when we'll do it all again. Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call-in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Same link, live and a podcast. 
please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at strikeforceenergy.com. That's strikeforceenergy.com. Start your engines. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 
623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Action Radio. Part of the ADHD Radio Network. The ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.